everybody to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve and I'm joined as usual by my tag team partner in podcasting. That is Jeff. Jeff, how's it going, man? It's going all right. We're recording on Wednesday, the 22nd after Dynamite, second week in a row. We're recording shortly after Dynamite on a Wednesday. So a normal seven day um, window for our show. Hopefully we won't miss any giant things breaking on Thursday and Friday. We probably will. But um, but yeah, normal seven days. So we can cover it. Plenty to talk about. We've got Forbidden Door. There's, you know, Vince Gate, the succession, as I like to do. I won't play the music. A few a few. New items have come up since last week. Uh, some showed us to be a little prophetic. Um, you know, it was apathetic. Uh, yes, apathetic. We've got uh, <laughs> blood and guts coming up also within the, the next week. Uh, I don't know. There's a, a lot of stuff. There is a, a good amount of stuff, and you know, obviously for this show, we're going to be focusing on um, tooth. AEW's Forbidden Door, the build, the lack thereof, and our predictions, as well as the ongoing drama that is and um, what do we want to call them? Legal affairs? Yeah, we can call it legal affairs and also sort of the way he's handling it so with his on-screen role antics uh, almost falling down stuff that great photoshop that's appearing everywhere i'm just waiting for vince to to give a v trigger to kenny omega <laughs> it's only a matter of time only a matter of time you know um, that but- where they have the, the like the people it's clearly in africa where they're they're doing a funeral and yes. like, they're sort of dancing while holding a casket like they have, have like vince bouncing around that oh that's right and they'll have tony Khan. that's good that would be great now there's no need for tony Khan to, to ruin something so beautiful no, well, that doesn't stop him on Wednesday nights. Anywho, I need to make a correction though from last week. Last oh. week, I talked about Jake Crist and burning indie titles for a federation called the IWA. I don't think I knew the federation's name, but I said that the promoter who had not been paying him, who he had a gripe, was was Axel Rotten. Axel Rotten, of course, is long deceased, so I apologize to the family and friends <laughs> of Axel Rotten. It was Ian Rotten who is not Axel's real brother, but he played his brother brother in ECW and has continued to use them. So Ian Rotten is the alleged non-payer who uh, earned that video from Jay Crist. Um, so apologies for that, that correction. Look I mean, at you. For that You're era. so nice. You're just going to apologize. I want to clear the air. Nobody gives a shit on, online. Nobody cares about that. I do. I mean, listen, like Daniel Bryan said, I am a judgmental prick. And if I'm a judgmental prick, I have high standards. And that includes for myself. Well, I applaud that for you. And I add that you cleared the air and okay. and you were that much closer to being a legitimate wrestling journalist. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Jeff, um, you know, again, like we said, we've got a lot of talk about WWE, AEW. We're going to talk about um, Impact's 20 years and some other news like book comments um, about Adam Cole and Sasha. And 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 oddly enough, we've got some f- listener feedback. We've got some emails. Ooh, to this go is through. exciting. So, uh, I didn't tell you that. This is going to be a secret. Good. I um, like surprises. 
But Jeff, let's start with Vince's legal troubles. Last episode, we dedicated a of the show to all this scandal. Vince, where he's uh, sticking his noodle, and whether continue being the head of WWE. And shortly after we're done recording, things moved very quickly as we expected them. Um, if I can remember the timing of everything, Vince steps down, Stephanie steps up, and then we get SmackDown where Vince as Mr. McMahon. And so let's um, dissect all of that right now. I think last week we said there was ability that, you know, maybe Stephanie dodged a bullet here, right? Maybe she stepped down knowing that this was going to happen. Maybe it was premeditated. Maybe it wasn't. Um, Jeff, run down your thoughts. Again, as our resident here, what did you think of Stephanie taking over as CEO of WWE? I'm actually really happy for her because she took uh, she ate a shit sandwich when they leaked the story to a business newspaper about how bad she was at her job and how embarrassing this is. That This was the contingency plan. It's like the booking. There's never a plan B. But, yeah, we 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 start talking about this Wednesday night. The, the story was probably five hours old or something like that by the time we did. Maybe longer, maybe 12 hours long. But whatever it was, it was brand new. Nobody knew anything. Uh, we, you know, we were sort of arguing a little bit about whether it's legal or not, because you were like, nothing's in the courts. And I'm like, yeah, but they want to Vince should cooperate with the investigation because there's going to be plenty of things in the courts. There'll probably be shareholders derivative suits. And, and, and so already like there's five law firms soliciting for class action suits. So we were prophetic there. I was prophetic there. Um, you were very you know, pathetic. We 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 laughed about John Laurinaitis that that he just got this job back. He just got this job. Well, he 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 didn't just step down. He's been placed on administrative leave. Bruce Pritchard has been named the head of talent relations in what's possibly some sort of treaty and horse trading because they made Stephanie look like an ass. And she said, if you want me to cover for you, dad, my husband's getting his job back. So Triple H went back to NXT and said, I'm back. What exactly that means? We're not sure. But, you know, we certainly know what it, it implies. Um, Vince is staying in creative control. But, yeah, he stepped down. Stephanie is the interim CEO. The stock didn't really react much. It's, you know, it went up, it went down a little, went up a little, it went down a little. But it, it's really hard to judge it because we're generally in a bear market, uh, given everything that's going on. But Vince, I mean, the most interesting thing this week, well, there's other stuff. I mean, I, I guess maybe this is related, maybe it's not, but... Vince settled the suit with the XFL commissioner after basically walking out on a mediation after nine minutes. But the the suit with former commissioner, I think Oliver Locke, I think is his name, um, has been resolved. I mean, nobody said who's paying who or who's paying what or whatever it is, because the guy sued Vince. Vince countersued him in any event. Vince gave Andrew Luck's dad a yeah. NDA. 
Uh, who, I'm sure it is a confidential settlement. But the funny thing is people were talking about, could this suit with the NFL impact The Rock, who now owns the XFL, being at, at WrestleMania? I mean, talk about stretches. Um, there was also rumors last week that Kevin Dunn had dr- unloaded a lot of stock and he was being looked at for insider trading. That's been debunked. He didn't do anything or at least... It's been debunked. Um, so yeah, I, I, let let's stay there for a second because there was Brandon Thurston. I think it was Thursday or Friday. Uh, apparently, releases a tweet saying, "Oh my God!" Like a lot of shares were sold right before the close on Wednesday, which right before this news broke. Mm-hmm. So um, I looked as somebody mentioned it and I was like, oh, let me see if it was the average amount of volume or not. And lo and behold, it was a crazy amount of volume right before. Like it wasn't like the most volume in the day. It was because that was my first impression. I thought, well, listen, it was trading at the $67. It hits the 52 week um, height on that same day. So mm-hmm. reasonable to say maybe some people had enough triggers to say if it goes over 65, it's a cue to sell. And that's why there was a lot of volume. But there was, was a tremendous amount of volume in the late three o'clock hour that's hundreds upon thousands of shares. So like more than in the near um, recent time to that volume in that period of time. You, we need to get you your financial news reporter music, like something from like CNBC <laughs> or Bloomberg for, for this segment. Ticker tape in the back. Yeah, you need to you need to edit something exactly. Or maybe like a sound of like me like crunching into a calculator like. Right, and, and like hitting the typewriter uh, bridge <laughs> to go ching, <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, like Mad Money, he has all those like bells and whistles that he hit. Like, bye, bye, bye. Like, maybe I should yeah. get one of those. I mean, what we should do, I mean, how, how do we make the sound of you uh, chain smoking cigarettes and drinking booze and your ashes falling into the booze, but you still drinking it of, of like de- de- depression and alcoholism? How do, how, what's, the, what's that sound? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Jeff. Um, What's up, man? Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh huh. <laughs> is that is that your Jeff Hardy impression? What what Jeff Hardy impression? That's Jeff Hardy. He's, oh, he's that's Jeff Hardy. Oh, he's here yeah. now. He has no other job, so he's here now. He's, he's on free travel leave, hanging with me. Yeah, like, man. I feel you know Jeff be pretty cool. Yeah. Said so this is a drug free zone. He's got some good scotch. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, so yeah. So, no dancing. Stop the dancing. Stop. Not the time for dancing. Oh, he's he's he, oh he's that's not dancing. He's spazzing. Um, oh. so insider trading trading debunked. Kevin Dunn. Nobody so far. The other thing that got debunked, I think, relatively quickly was that Vince used WWE funds to pay the. I think Jerry, the Jerry McDivitt, his quickly said, Vince used his own money and moved on. Um, 
I'm not sure that anyone ever really believed that he did, but I mean, a a a denial is not the same as debunked. I mean, the the investigation is still going to be looking into the money. That's going to be one of the aspects they'll they'll be looking into. So yeah, so looking into the money. So school. I'm not too familiar with um, these stockholder class action lawsuits and the specifics of why there needs to be like at the moment. Of the three different ones, why are there three different ones? Why don't they just pool all together? Well, so, Jeff, school school us on on. on why don't they pool all together? Because so that more offices get money. I mean, <laughs> there's pl- there's plenty of shareholders. Class, I think a class only requires 17 plaintiffs at this point, and one lead plaintiff. So, I mean, you know, there's pl- plenty to go around. Have you looked at any of those briefs? No, no, no. I mean, they're soliciting. They're they're first putting the ads in the paper and and doing the solicitations. Please contact us if you have concerns or if you're interested in being a plaintiff. I mean, it's it's still a, at that phase. Um, wow. But, so so if I yeah. if if I own my measly ten shares, I can call the offices of Hansel and Scott and Scott is one of the firms. I mean, they they, they sue WWE pretty much every other year. Oh, I don't like those guys. I'm not a fan of them. So lots of promotions, a lot of demotions. Um, also, the one thing that we get to mention, the picture or the alleged picture of the woman at the head of this scandal was leaked. I don't think that that picture has been confirmed. I think there was a name thrown around, but we're not going to go into that right now. Um, but Jeff, any thoughts on um, the pictures just floating around the internet? Well, credit where credit's due. Apparently, Brad Shepard is the one that uncovered and leaked it. A lot of people are shitting on him, but that is journalism. And 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 let's let's face it, uh, somebody who was hired by WWE around 2018 to be a paralegal and then became John Laurinaitis's assistant about a year or so later. I mean, that, and it's a woman, is a pretty finite population. So it wouldn't have been too hard just to look on the company's website and see one year, you know, who who was in the legal department and then next year who was John Laurinaitis's assistant to, to figure it out. I'm still not going to say the name just because it's not being widely reported, but right. that is what journalists do. But um She's she's a looker. That that was looker with an L for anybody. Yeah, not, absolutely. Uh, maybe rearrange uh, their headset. There's no implication here. Now she's she's she. she I mean, uh, sort of. You know, I sort of you, know why he sort of know why he's angry at Bray. <laughs> she she seems very. Um, 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 let's just say it out out loud. It appears to be a woman of color. Unless we've got like a Rachel uh, Dolezal, she just likes to heavily tan and has curly hair. But um, any surprise? She's also much younger. Oh yes, I mean, well, I said she was in her forties, which you know, I mean, I'm in my forties. So, yeah, I think she was I'm forty-one young. at the time this occurred. I'm I'm forty-one now. At the time, I'd still be young at forty-one, right, Jeff? Well, she looks a lot better than you do. You're just saying that because I don't have curls. Um, were you surprised that, the, you know, uh, this type of woman is Vince's bag? Maybe. 
I don't know that she is Vince's bag. Apparently, Vince has lots of bags, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she sort of looks like she would be pretty much anyone's bag. I mean, she 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 was beautiful. I mean, it was it was just a. You know, it's just a, a you know a headshot, you know, for an office picture, uh, you know, like a like a passport kind of pictures. But I'm choose beautiful woman, so uh, yes. no, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not even surprised at that this reciprocation. He's a man of power in that place. He's got a lot of presence and charisma, and you know. Uh, you know, I, I'm still not sure what happened with the handoff to John Laurinaitis, if that was just a different position or if it was a if there was anything sexual involved. And I, I have to admit, I'm a little bit curious about that. Um, I'm still curious to find out who some of the other women are. Um, and I'm sure that we will. If any of them are talent, it's obviously juicier, you know, from from a podcasting and, you know, fan interest standpoint. It really makes no difference from a legal standpoint who who they are, but you know it, it would make things you know it suddenly it would certainly be fertile talking points. Um, but am I surprised? I mean, listen, she's a hottie, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, on one side, I you know I, I thought that you know maybe she'd be more of like a you know a real world you know attractive, but th- this was you know TV good looks. Um, but it's Vince. So, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to feel I don't want to sound like I'm patting him on the back. But look, look if he's going to go be going down this road and, be, you know, he, he picked a darn fine road. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Um, any uh, and, and oddly enough, before we get to Vince showing up on SmackDown, the last thing I want to is Linda. We haven't heard Bupkis about Linda. No, Are really. you? Are you, oh, no surprise there for you. Yeah, she could. She, I, I think that maybe she's embarrassed that it came out, but past that, I, I, this has been going on for twenty years. She, 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 she long since doesn't care. Her, you know, they, they probably have some assets together, but they have money separate and apart. They haven't lived together. What he, what he does is what he does. I mean, the only issue is whether this impacts her you know, future in politics. And let's face it, at her age, her future in politics is getting narrower and narrower anyway. Right. Um, so let's pivot over to Vince showing up on SmackDown. He, uh, uh, CNBC- maybe, maybe, maybe Stephanie uh, being put in that place was partly to pacify Linda too. Oh, oh. Okay, so maybe, come maybe on. She's like, you owe me and your daughter, Vince, and she's not going to fuck this up. So... You want you want my me to be quiet here, and you know I'm not going to back you. But if you don't want me to to join in the piling on, you know, uh, make it Stephanie. So it, it's possible. I, I, we should notice one thing that I mean over the weekend this was a big story. It was on MSNBC, CNN, all the ra- the news shows. It was spectacular, and it was a tabloid story. But ever since, I mean, I, there's not a single follow up story on it. I mean, it's. It's done. If, 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 if this was Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, you know, or a senator, there'd be wall-to-wall coverage on this. N- nobody cares. It was just sensational for the holiday weekend. Right. Um, that's interesting that you think maybe, you know, there's an outside shot that Linda said, Vince, you got to put Stephanie in there. I honestly think, like, I think that was a red herring. I think the news about her not doing her job was all bullshit. I think, but but somebody in WWE said that to business newspaper 
reporters. It was it whatever whoever the source was WWE. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. But whatever this is, it's got to taste. This revenge has to taste good in Stephanie's mouth right now. I think I think it definitely does. Um, Vince announces that Mr. McMahon is going to be showing up on SmackDown on Friday night, and everybody loves it. Everybody now it's should he be there? He's accused of uh, all kinds of. Uh, moral activity why is this guy going to show up what's he going to say and now smackdown has become must watch television and he opens up the show he doesn't want to bury the lead comes out to his music and before we get to what he says jeff were you surprised that the crowd is actively singing his song bowing down and and after possibly embezzling possibly definitely cheating on his wife and all kinds of other malfeasance well cheating with permission isn't cheating um and most of the other financial allegations i i I don't know that they got or care about was i surprised no this this is this is vince's safe space this is his arena he's gonna he's mr mcmahon to them if they could suspend whatever you know anger they had towards him for the mr mcmahon character maybe there was part of that i doubt it i think if he came out as vince mcmahon i think if they they said the former ceo of wwe entertainment or whatever it wouldn't have mattered once that music hits the bow starts the cheering starts yeah he's a star he's he's an attraction and he said nothing he said nothing interesting he threw the mic he he looks sort of unstable on his feet while he's trying to do that that strut that he does. He, you know he did the same thing on Raw. He said something different. He almost fell down twice, uh, once go, going in and once going out, and then he sort of jumped and they they cut that camera away so that we didn't see the landing just in case his shins exploded um, <laughs> or his quads. Everything, yeah, his, his Achilles bung up. I mean, just. I, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. And I think this was, you know, everybody heard what they want this. I think this was just Vince saying, you know, telling the world, I'm still here. It doesn't matter what the title is. I'm here now, then, and forever together. Together, meaning me and Stephanie are in this together. And being defiant uh, without saying anything at all. Um, you know, and, and the audience stayed. They stayed right through to the end of the title match to the, to, you know, the big reveal of Brock Goldberg coming out again um, <laughs> Brock as, Goldberg. As, as, as the surprise that nobody wanted or needed at the end. So, Jeff, you mentioned this, right? So, Vince, before we get to Roman Reigns and, and Brock and Riddle, um, Vince kind of just says, hey, you know, I, I just wanted to come out here and, you know, the four words that are on the beginning of the show, then, now, forever, together. And I just wanted it truer now than it ever was before. And he just leaves. You said this was a big zero, a big nothing, right? I, on the other hand, think this was some subliminal shit that he was. That's what I said. Again, I told you last week, Jeff. That there 
some 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 deep cover bullshit trying to oust Vince McMahon, possibly perpetrated by that no good Nick Khan. And I'm getting whether he's related to fit to uh, Tony Coke on over an wow. AEW because I think you, that this was have you brought, have you brought to bear the full resources of paying investigations without a doubt they are they are on the case here and I'm telling you Jeff last week I said there was some shenanigans going on they're trying to oust this is a power move this is a uh, aggressive takeover of WD and Vince telling no, but speaking to that lousy weasel of a board or board members that tried to oust him by leaking this shit to the media. He's, Listen here, motherfucker. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here then, now, forever. And the McMahons are together. And go get lost, Nick Khan. That's exactly what he was saying. He was sending a message was received loud and clear because nobody's been saying shit to the media since. Correct or incorrect? That, well, I, I think I said the exact same thing as you, except for the Nick Khan part. I mean, I, I think that he has absolutely nothing to do with this, and I think that he's already done the hard work, and he's a Vince guy, and he could be replaced by anyone at this moment, so there's there's no way he's he's involved with this, in my opinion. But that's fine. I mean, you had that little twist, but for the, on the rest of it, we agree. I, it sounds like we disagree because my whole case is based upon Nick Khan being a turncoat and someone you can't trust, and you're saying that he can be. Okay, so we we can we can agree on the fact that Vince was being defiant and saying that he's not going anywhere, and that Stephanie's sticking by him, and the company is unified. We can't we can't agree on any of that because it's not to tell Nick Khan to mind his manners. Right. You need to you need to openly say fuck Nick Khan. Go ahead. I'll give you five seconds. No, I'm gonna openly say that in fact then it, under those conditions we disagree. Wow. This is I thought you were my pod I started this show saying you were my podcast tag team partner, and now you're saying that the team's breaking up because of Nick Khan. <laughs> This is the sound of you going through the barber window glass. Barbershop. Oh, no. <laughs> please, please, no, Marty. Um, You're Marty. Oh, no, that was, I, I'm not Marty. I'm the Sean of the show. Please. That, that's what. I'll get to that in, in a short bit. Interesting. Okay. No, no um, wonder you save these emails. Um, <laughs> I saved all the emails. There's, you know, you know how Hillary had trouble. Who was it that had trouble finding the emails? Everyone these days has trouble yeah, finding their right, emails. That's right. That's right. Um, so Stephanie as CEO, do you expect any changes, big changes from Steph as CEO? Well, we just got one. We, we got Triple H back in um, at NXT. Um, are you sure? Are like, you sure? Are you sure? It, it could be possible. This was, again, hearsay. Somebody heard Triple H say, I'm back. Are you sure that maybe they misheard him? Because, you know, he's up there in age and he hasn't really been active because of the heart. Maybe he said, oh, my back, my back. Yes, I'm sure. OK, I'm 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 also going to say that he's not back. Oh, okay. we're, put in, we're over two. We're over at big old X. I'm just trying to be contrarian now. Um, 
So you think that he's going to take over NXT again? Is this NXT 3.0, 2.5? I mean, it's still the same talent. So, uh, you know, it's still 2.0. And, you know, I, I think that Sean probably was doing booking in what he thought Triple H would. So I, I don't think there'll be much difference. But if he does, you know, better, you know, better stories or more developed stories, I'm all for it. I mean, the funny thing is that NXT was taped the last two weeks and, you know, the, the wrestling looked better. And, and my understanding is that some of the matches were heavily edited and maybe they should tape them all. And maybe that's not such a bad thing to edit so that people like Lash Legend look like they're, you know, not terrible wrestlers and they're OK wrestlers. Um, I heard that all of Sangha's matches were were heavily edited. That's that's slander. Sangha, probably only because he was too good and the other people couldn't keep up. Got it. Okay. I have give you a Sophie's choice of Sangha or guy from Retribution that you're always trying to put into big things. Sangha. Sangha. Oh, what? Oh, my God. I've got to tweet the poor guy. You can say fuck Dijak, but you're not going to say fuck Tony. No. Wow. I see where your your allegiance is left. Jeff, right. before we move on to our actual WWE... I'm, I'm w- all about South Central Asia. <laughs> move to our regular WWE review of uh, the week in story. Um, any other Vince stuff? Oh, there is one more thing Vince-related that we need to talk about. Ratings! Apparently, Vince's penis scandal is a big... Like, everybody loves watching... WWE television when Vince's penis scandal is involved. And so yeah. what were the ratings a week ago? Not this past. What was the one before that? Like 1.914. So like 1.9 million. And mm-hmm. this week, what? So basically 2.3. 2.3 and it's worth noting, and we'll get to this in deeper context in a, in a few minutes, Roman Reigns and Riddle almost uh, 2.5. They did. From what they, I they, saw. They, they went over 2.6 at, at certain uh, Look at that. Roman Reigns is such a draw. This guy is yeah. a superhero. So what did Rampage get, by the way, Jeff? Here, I'm just going to take a sip of my well, tea. Well, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I made a bold prediction that the increase in viewers from last week to this week on SmackDown would exceed the total viewership of Rampage. And I honestly thought that, the, that SmackDown might get you know between two and a half and three million. So I thought it was going to be an easy bet, even if Rampage went back up to its norms. So the increase was... About three hundred and seventy, something like that. Three hundred and eighty thousand. I marked three eighty. Okay, three eighty. So I wasn't feeling so good about. It. Then I saw Rampage did only three thirty one in, in its time slot. So I still was right that with with about a fifty thousand margin of error. Rampage SmackDown went up about three hundred and seventy five thousand. Rampage went down one hundred and forty five thousand. So, yeah, Rampage uh, floundered. Uh, well, I mean, it it, it kind of does, but it, it's uh, you know it 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 followed the trend of Dynamite last week, which we might as well get out of the way. Dynamite last week did a very disappointing 
761,000, losing 172,000 from the week before. It's lowest in since like April of 2021. So 14 months. Um, you know, a lot of them. AW review this week. I'm, I, I got a feeling we're going to break some records as far as low turnout on ratings. We, we might, I mean, the fans don't care about the Forbidden Door. And I know that we've always said that, and I've known that people don't really care about New Japan. They just pretend it. But the silence is deafening when people come in. And I, I've heard people say, well, they're in big arenas. But you, you can't ignore it when Daniel Bryan comes out to open the show, or Bryan Danielson, rather, gets a, a big ovation. And when FTR comes, music hit, and they get a huge ovation. And in the middle, you had Zack Sabre Jr., who nobody knew, nobody applauded for. They didn't even give him a microphone. And then you have uh, Will Ospreay and his Aussie Open team again, and the Empire came down towards the end of that match. And there's nothing to polite smattering of applause. Later on, Jay White comes out, barely uh, barely a pop. Uh, Tanahashi gets only a polite applause uh, tonight on Dynamite. Okada got a pretty good pop. I mean, not like FDR, but he got, you know, people were like, holy shit. And yeah, and nobody was expecting him. Everyone said he was taking time off. He wasn't going to be part of the show. Guess what? He was going to be part of the show. They pulled him in last minute because of all the things. But we're, we're not up to that yet. But Dynamite uh, did terribly last week, and Rampage just followed suit. But, yeah, and meanwhile, we might as well talk about Raw, or at least the numbers, because Raw carried forward that that momentum. And Vince was not announced on the show. In fact, he came out sort of randomly in the middle of the show and basically said some stuff about John Cena, you know, being on, you know, Raw's been on for almost 30 years, 1,517 episodes, and 20 of those years have been dominated by Mr. Hustle, loyalty, respect, John Cena. Then he tossed the microphone again. But I think when he was saying hustle, loyalty, respect, I think he was talking about himself. Um, Oh, without a doubt. And Raw... Even without the Vince announcement, just whatever the curiosity was, or maybe people who have tuned out AEW said, huh, maybe I'll try WWE again. I don't know. Whatever it is, Raw did 1.986, which was an increase of over 290,000 from the prior week. Also, no Cody improves since as well. <laughs> they need Cody. Hmm. Cody's a draw. He's he's a draw to other channels. I I disagree with you. But shelf that for the next six months because he's shelf not it. here. Argue with the numbers, it's fine. Um, but the one number we can't argue with is Vince's scam is a draw. Like is that, it's official. The uh, name in the media is the Vince's penis scandal. In 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 our media, yes, in, in oh. Hammerlock Hangover media. So so you are officially a wrestling journalist as well. Vince's penis scandal, or VS, is so. So Woodward and Bernstein coined Watergate, and you're going to coin Vince's penis scandal, and you'll go down in the the annals of history. Well, we still, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Jeff, because we still don't know if the uh, 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 annals um, involved here. So you are so classless that you're not even drinking Modelo's. <laughs> I'm. This week, I know a lot of people were like, why is Steve so worked up? Don't worry, I'll get to AEW. I'll get worked up again. They always work me up. You get so angry over a show you don't watch. I I do, but it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, the inner conflict of just the buffoonery and stupidity of most that just try to make a big thing out of 
Like it would crack me the is, fuck up if you watched it for the first time in six months. So, eh, wasn't so bad. <laughs> that would never fucking happen, Jeff. Like, do, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this analogy out there. Imagine somebody getting really worked up and and like excited about single A base. Oh my god, have you seen the Brooklyn Cyclones? They're really amazing. Great. This is real baseball. Can you imagine that? We all we all know old old man that was like that. That Mets baseball is is trash. This single A baseball is you're out of your fucking mind. Nobody talks like that. But in the wrestling community, there's actually jabrones like that. So that's where my biggest problem. Well, it's true, but you know, the, the wrestling's always wanted to be outlaw. They always wanted to be real. I mean, that's a, that's something they 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 think that the this distinction between sports entertainment and professional wrestling is a real one. They think that it's aerial combat. They they want desperately to think it's real, and it's not. And so they try to find a way. So they'll like even the Undertaker said someone said it's not real. They said, well, seventeen surgeries. Listen, I, I've known I've known legal secretaries who got 17 surgeries for carpal tunnel syndrome. You know, just because something is dangerous or can hurt you doesn't make it real. The fact that the fighting isn't real and the outcomes are predetermined is what makes a fight real. The rest of it just makes it dangerous. You know, underwater welding is dangerous. Demolitions are dangerous. Construction can be dangerous. Stunt being a stuntman is dangerous. I mean, there's lots of things that are dangerous. I'm not saying wrestling isn't dangerous. I'm not saying it doesn't require athleticism. I, I think it actually has a fairly unique skill set that, requ- that requires a lot of talent, especially TV talent that other top tier athletics don't require. You don't need to have know what cameras to look at and work and how to work a crowd or ignore a crowd and what camera to look at and have a personality to be a great wide receiver. It's just, it's just not necessary. You do to be a wrestler. So I'm not trying to belittle wrestling at all. It's just, but it's it's not real. However, however whatever matrixes you want, the fight isn't real. No one's really fighting and they know who's going to win and, and more or less when they're going to win and how. It, that, it, it, it it can't be real. It, 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 it's it, it, all right. I'm done. <laughs> you were on such a roll there for a while. I just wanted to let you go. I mean, it, it, it it's like arguing that like tofu isn't cheese. It just isn't. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna you're you're gonna draw some more ire in the mail with this. That's okay. Bring it. I I, I love hate. Um. Let's see. Um, is there anything else in our WWE review that we want to? Oh, here's a question that I that that I have here. Um, Jeff, were you as grief stricken and surprised by the complete ab of Dana Brooke on Monday night? <laughs> No, I was not. Um, and apparently she lost the 24-7 title on main event or, or something that wasn't even televised. Oh, to, to, to who? To Finn Balor? No, to Dewdrop. So, uh, no uh, way. I, I've, I've got to look I, this I up. I think now. Dana might be joining her ex-boyfriend, Reggie, and, and a few others on the to-be-released list. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a bunch of releases this coming week. You think so dana brooke is a is is ride or die 
<laughs> she might be ride or die, but in this case, it takes two parties, one being the company. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Reggie, Tazawa, Tamina, Snooker, uh, Dana. Um, there's other people. I mean, you know, maybe my boy Dijak will finally finally get the get the cut. Um, a lot of people just completely forgotten in, in, in this this whole this whole show. I mean, I, I want to rant a little bit about Raw because. Oh, okay. It's Go ahead. Fresh in my memory, because th- this was a really, really dumb show. I mean, first of all, what? Rhea Ripley's injured. It's not revealed what's injured, but she made some insinuations that it's that it's her teeth and her brain. So apparently, her teeth are still loose from when she got knocked out, and maybe she got a concussion as well. So you're telling me that they didn't know a week ago that she wasn't going to be able to wrestle by Money in the Bank? I doubt that very much. Um, just the teeth alone, and without her, they don't have Judgment Day on at all. So Judgment Day is already on the shelf. So apparently Edge did bring them to the Island of Relevance because the moment he's not there, they're all off because she's hurt. But that's not my that's not that's only a minor gripe. The main gripe is, okay. so our plans fail. So what do we do? Okay, another random six woman match to determine who the number one contender is. No rhyme or reason. Just put six people in there. Carmella, who most recently was on SmackDown. I know people saw her on Raw when she was a half of the tag team champions, but she's on SmackDown. No, tonight she's on Raw. And on top of things, she wins. So tell us who's going to win without telling us. So before Becky's return, we must have seen Carmella lose to Bianca Belair about 17 times in a row. Um, on top of that, obviously she's losing because she's not in any story so there's no consequence to her losing this this is this is a garbage match they have things that they want to do with Liv and Alexa and Asuka and Becky and whoever else was in that goddamn match uh but they have they have nothing for Carmella so she sneaks the win I mean so that was stupid stupid too they they bring out Riddle who uh-huh. you know cuts a big promo he was the height he they finally made a face a baby face underdog heel also an indie darling everyone likes his wrestling he got over organically he made the RK bros work I mean he even made Pete Dunne seem interesting in NXT not as Butch um and Butch is over right so Pete so Riddle's supposed to be coming out. You know, he's cutting this promo, how he almost got there. The crowd is really with him. The crowd was going bananas Friday for him. They were going bananas for a Monday. And the thing is, is that Roman speared him and broke him in half, and, and he's supposed to be injured. And why is this important? Because he's not selling the injury at all. He's not limping. He's not grimacing. He's not grabbing his ribs. Nothing. It looks like he's perfectly fine until he, until there's a match with almost, and then you see he's got two two wraps of like ace bandages around that <laughs> and the reason why this sucks is because almost squashed him i mean it was like a two-minute match almost completely destroyed him at the height of this so if he was selling the injury it it, it, it would have protected him some now i don't know if that's on riddle because he just forgot to do it because he was too stoned or no one coached him to do it but but he should know and this made him look bad and to make matters worse then seth rollins came out and beat him up again a second time so an organic Babyface, underdog, scrappy, organic guy that the fans love, and they they squashed him twice within four minutes on Raw. So that was stupid on a show that has basically no faces. 
And then to, to continue the stupidity, mm-hmm. if, if you're mm-hmm. going to squash your only face, that then you put then you're keeping Bobby Lashley in this thing with Austin Theory, which normally wouldn't be like in a vacuum. This is fine. This is a stupid pose downs, the oil, whatever. Lashley wants to take the U.S. title. It's fine. In a vacuum, it's fine. But it's not in a vacuum. Lashley is the, is the most over guy who's not dead on the roster. Uh, possibly co-equal with Riddle. <laughs> so he's the one that should be in the top championship uh, uh, p- picture. In fact, a couple weeks ago, he pulled out a replica belt that the fan was holding of the mm-hmm. of the Raw WWE champion, and the crowd went bonkers. Instead, they're keeping him in this goddamn U.S. title picture when everyone knows that there's going to be a program between Austin Theory and John Cena. So why do is it? It's so bad they don't, they don't want the U.S. title to be involved in the Austin Theory John Cena thing. It's the worst thing in the world if John Cena wins the title from Austin Theory, and then somehow John Cena win. You know loses it back due to some sort of chicanery or, or whatever, or he just keeps the title and then gives it up and says, you know, it's been great, but I'm a part-timer. I've got to, I can't defend the belt. And then they have a tournament and, you know, theory can get it again. I mean, it's just like everything, everything about the show made no sense. The only part of it that was good okay. was Ezekiel, Elias, Kevin Owens. That was great. It was can't be Russell crap. It was well done. It was perfect. It was beautiful. It was hysterical. Um, but the rest of that show, everything I mentioned, even the parts that weren't so bad, get put together. Terrible, horrible, horrible. I, I Again, I, I don't know what's going on with Edge. I mean, obviously, the Street Profits, again, who wants to see them with the Usos? But they, they don't have any other teams. They don't build teams. So, of course, the Usos lose in singles matches. I mean, it just it just the whole show was was dumb. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, one other thing. There's more more rant? (laughs) Yeah, all week they're advertising Asuka versus Becky. Asuka versus Becky on Raw. Well, Becky's begging for a match from Adam Pearce. He goes, okay, well, you can face Asuka in a Money in the Bank contenders match. And then she's like, oh, no, I don't want to. You've known all week. It's advertised all week. That you're, what, what? What is this? I mean, are, are we really pretending this? Is, are, are we no longer pretending that this is at all part of the real world? It's just a TV show and the characters don't know what's been advertised all week. Like you advertise that we're going to shoot JR all week, but Larry Hagman is pretending and doesn't know it until he gets shot. I mean, is this such idiocracy? It's just idiocracy there. That match wasn't bad, though. I mean, Oscar won clean, terrific, and then Becky crumbles up, looking like Buddy Murphy when he was all disheveled and, and doubting himself. And it just goes to show us one more time that Seth Rollins ruins everything. Yes, my rant is done. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm about to I'm about to uh, do cross-examination. Raw was great. And I'm about to... I'm about to- uh, all the holes into your your nonsense. Okay, let's start with Carmella. Carmella makes absolute sense to fill in this void. She's a safe worker, right? Name that has been injured at the hands of Carmella. Go ahead. Uh, I know that she's been injured plenty of times. I don't know that she. Nah, 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 nah. That's not what I asked. I asked who is she injured? Is she sloppy? I, I have no idea. You no. Okay, counselor. She's not nice. So, so she's she's safe to work with. She looks good in the ring, and and she she can sell a right there. She's good. I'm not asking her to be. We've had this conversation. 
She doesn't need to be Luthez. She just needs to make Bianca look good, which she... You said it yourself. She's done this in the past. Second, the storyline. What's the story? You're about to find out on Monday night that who's got the best track record at Money in the Bank? Carmella. Carmella has been very, very over at Money in the Bank. And so, hey, maybe Lightning can strike three times. She is a two-time Money in the and maybe she's going to win the women's title. Of course, she's got no chance. Not going to feed Bianca to Carmella, but you never know. Hey, yeah, what's his name? Who's the jobber guy with the fucked up face? Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Maybe we see Ellsworth come back. Oh, another thing I went about. Veer. Then I- He's doing the most boring promo of all time. He goes, you've never seen hunger like this. So what? So we're going to bring Ryback out saying, feed me more. I'm going to get a Veer Ryback. Thing. Oh, I would love that shit. Feed Ryback to Veer. Absolutely. Jeff. I'm sorry. Let's- Go ahead with your rant. Okay. So, so Carmella makes sense. I'm going to, I'm writing. I'm, that'll be the title of this episode is makes sense. Um, absolutely. She's, she's, she's the one she makes. What else did you say? What other? What? Other, let me write read here under my my column of Jeff's Jeff's nonsense. Riddle injured, or is he high? <laughs> um, of course he's injured, Jeff. He's injured, but when you get injured and you're Matt Riddle, you don't take aspirin. You medicate, mm-hmm. and when you self medicate, you don't feel anything. So this is why he's not actively registering anything when he's scooting to the ring or talking in 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 by himself in the ring so he's he couldn't not say in the ring that i was I, all my ribs are broken but i reached into my stash and now i'm feeling no pain that's right he couldn't say that well he couldn't remember you know what happens when you get high so no i'm, that, I'm straight edge that's <laughs> you're straight edge all right <laughs> Um, so that's Riddle. Riddle is injured, but to mask the, the ass whooping that Roman put on him. And, um, yeah, that's, that's true. And then the last thing, Becky doesn't know she's fighting Oscar. Listen, she's a mom. You remember being a mom. Sure. Of course. So it's, it's not easy. You're, you're, they're always like, mom, please. I'm hungry. And she's got to whip a tit out and and feed the baby and probably, you know, uh, listen to Seth. She's not. She's so confident with who she is as a performer and a master class professional wrestler that she just shows up on Monday going, all right, chief, what's 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 what am I doing tonight? And that's exactly what she did. She showed Pierce's office. All right. what, What do you got for me, boss? Oscar. Of course, she's surprised because she doesn't need to see. You're, you're telling me that she needs to see the promotion? That's ridiculous. Yep, she, she was expecting Nikki Ash. Probably. Nikki, Talk I mean, she, hey, listen, if, if Nikki Ash was in AEW, she'd probably be the Marina Shafir. Are you trying to tell me that Nikki Ash is in Abaddon? <laughs> They're not the same person, Jeff. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. And Elias, I love the Elias stuff. I mean, come on. Elias, what happened with this El- Elrod stuff? You think Elrod's going to be the third face of Elias? No, I, I think that 
I think this is it for now. Do you see resemblances? I feel like there's a there's a a double stand. Mick Foley again. Social media didn't exist back when Mick Foley was a three face. But I remember it fondly that Mick was his personality between Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, and of. Well, you can't have mentally ill characters anymore. They never really said that Mick Foley was mentally ill. He just. What is having multiple personalities? Exuberance. Well, you can't overly exuberant characters who demonstrate different. <laughs> And don't acknowledge the other personalities as being part of the one and the same corporeal body. And so this isn't really that, right? It's not like Elias. I, I don't even get, know why you're comparing the two. They're two different people. They barely look alike. We saw them together live on TV. Their bodies aren't even the same. The hair is completely different. Are you talking about Elias? Or are you talking about Mick Foley, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack? I'm talking about Elias and Ezekiel. <laughs> Dude Love and Mick Foley were three different that people, was, too. No, that was one person with, with split personalities. Well, uh, tri-personalities. Um, these are two different people. It's not the same thing. I don't know, man. I, I think it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same gimmick. How, what gimmick? Mick Foley was a gimmick playing three characters. Elias and Ezekiel are two different people. We saw them together in the same place at the same time. And then in, in too, too close a time frame, one to the other in, in different outfits, one was still cleaning up after his concert while the other was backstage beating up Kevin Owens. It's not possible. They're two different people. They're just brothers. They, they sort of look a little bit the same in the face. Okay. There was plenty of times where you saw on vignettes do. McFoley. There was one vignette where he's talking to all the other the other characters. That's talking to Mick. Mick's talking to Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how is that not the same? But that was a gimmick. That was pre-recorded. These are two different people. I, I mean, I, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are pre-recorded segments. This this was this was live. This is live TV. You can't pre-record anything on live TV. I love it. I love this entire conversation. Good. Anything else that we missed? Anything we need to talk about? I mean, we don't know when Rhea's coming back. Uh, we do know that Randy Orton is uh, likely needing back surgery now the rest of 2022. So down goes another guy. But but I know, Steve, the roster isn't thin. It's just fine. The roster's not thin. I mean, we're able to give uh, Dana Brooke off Monday, and you didn't even notice. A lot of people were off Monday. I mean, there was no, uh, there was no, uh, my man Dijak. There was no Shelton or Cedric. There was no Dirty Dogs, no Mysterios, no Tamina, no Nikki Ash, no Dewdrop. Oh my God. Speaking of Tamina, did you watch that video with us? I did. That was but so sweet. It, like it was what? sweet. It was sweet. Rock is, I love that Rock's got that much money. And then he explains how, like, Tamina's a single mom. She's been a single mom for like 20 years and on the road with the two girls. Like, about to lose amazing. your job. So what? <laughs> Jeff. Job. So rude, Jeff. That's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, and then he buys her a car, too. It was very nice. I think that 
whoever's criticizing The Rock for that is a complete buffoon and an idiot. Do whatever he wants for his cousin. Absolutely. He can totally... Why would they criticize The Rock for, for doing something nice for his cousin? That's that's stupid. Agreed. Because, you know, the internet wrestling community, they just talk to you themselves. What, what, what do they think? He should, he should uh, feed the homeless for one day? I don't know what they want. They're 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 as just, opposed to give somebody a house forever. Uh, maybe. Oh, like 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 Owen Hart. What? The Owen Hart Foundation. That's what they do, don't uh, they? Well, the foundation, not like Owen Hart. <laughs> Who knows with you and, and your bizarre takes? That owner. <laughs> Imagine that Jeff Odor comes back from the dead. Uh, viewer mail. Imagine Odor comes back from the dead. He has a, like a reality show where he just a reality show where he just gives away houses. Yeah. And he just pops. <laughs> Ghost house hunters. Just remember who to address it to. Jeff, a lot of, lot of, we got a lot of email, and by a lot of email, I mean two. We got like three letters in the email. All right, let, let, let's hear them. This seems like a good time to to get your composure. And so, one of them is uh, related to. Um, I guess a, a tweet posted at some point, and um, this came out, and it's like, um, I guess you must have criticized um, Sammy Guevara's weight. The show you did the same thing, right? Yeah, that that it. I said that that uh, Fuego de Sol was out there. And it looked like Fuego de Sol had, had gotten himself in slightly better shape. But then I realized it could possibly be Fuego de Sol and clearly with Sammy Guevara. And the sad thing is that Sammy Guevara let his physique go so much that he could be reasonably mistaken for Fuego de Sol. Right. So they, uh, this, uh, this person was very upset with you about that. They said, uh, hey, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Who are you to talk about Sammy being thin? Maybe you need to uh, fix your eyes. I don't know what that's all about. I don't either. And and mind your business. Sammy is a two-time TNT champion and a future AEW champion. You don't know what you're talking about. Does any of that rebut that he's thin? And by the way, I have a wrestling podcast. Actually, I'm on several. And so this is me minding my business. <laughs> comment upon wrestling. That's um, right. I, I mean, the, the, the fact that he's a two-time TNT champion is irrelevant. Future w, uh, AW champion is speculative at 
best. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a future he has, nor AEW, and at the rate that they're going, as long as there's free agents that are sexier, I don't see him ever getting up there. He's back behind Jericho Shadow, but he has gotten demonstrably thinner. And by the way, he got thinner because he bulked up, and I praised him when I noticed that he had been bulking up, and it looked like he was taking things more seriously. And I Don't backpedal because this guy is calling you out on this. I, I'm not backpedaling, and it's just that he let that all go. Apparently, when he got the new, with, with, you know, the new girl, you know, he's all comfortable, and he wears that ridiculous oversized jacket. But listen, <laughs> wrestlers, listen, I am an admitted sizist, and if you are not, dear listener, you're entitled to that. But all I, you know, I am saying that the fact that when you turn on wrestling, you flip through the channels and the wrestlers no longer look physically intimidating, not even physically impressive a lot of the time. That's a lot of the reason why people, why you don't have kids watch and go, wow, that's like a superhero. Because they don't look like a superhero. They, they look like a swimmer. They look like the lifeguard they, they, they see at the community pool. So, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I think that's one of a confluence of many, many of reasons why wrestling is not popular anymore. And the smaller the wrestlers, and when more and more of the wrestlers are smaller, the smaller the ratings are. Wow. Here's another uh, email, a letter. I got to pull this up. Well, thank you for writing, and you're certainly entitled to your opinion. That's right. No, they didn't leave one. And you know what? You mind my business. Keep calling me out on things you don't like. It's fine. And this one comes from a guy named Chris. Hey, guys. I've been listening for the last several months. Thank you, Chris. If Vince is removed from what do you see is his next move? What do I see is his next move? Um, I think that Vince is sort of like a shark. If he's not moving, he'll he'll stop breathing. So, I mean, I think one of the... Was that stop breathing? Breathing. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you said breathing. Sexual innuendos. Calm down. Well, I mean, we're talking about... Calm down. We're talking about Vince's penis here. Calm calm down. Calm down. I I think that... um, I think his first call would probably be to The Rock to say, can I buy back into the XFL? Um, I think he wants to be part of something. Um, I don't know what that is, but I don't think he's the type that's going to want to slow down, enjoy his retirement, and spend time with the grandkids. That's that's not Vince. He'll, he'll find he'll try to do something. I mean, I don't want to compare him too much to Trump, but you know, Trump tried to start that social media network. It failed. He tried to do a bunch. You know, he's he's still trying to do things, so he's still toying with the idea of you know he's campaigning because he needs to do something. Maybe Vince will go into politics just to have something to do and people to fight with. I, I it's a it's a really good question, and I think that if Vince were to somehow be ousted, I see Vince sticking around wrestling, but I, I see him doing something like completely adjacent to be like, I don't know, like by controlling interest in impact wrestling and then take over the booking. I've always been of the, of the idea that Vince, the, the passion besides obviously making a lot of money being leader of the pack. Number one, that drive, the thing that drives, Stories, the creative stories. And that's why, even to this day, he'll step down and relinquish power, but he still wants to manage the story. He wants to live with the stories. He wants to book. He loves it. And 
I think he would probably want to look at something adjacent where he can also flare up his competitive juices and say, all right, impact wrestling or something like that. Let me give you a cue, Khan. Just as, as successful as WWE. I did it once. Why? Go ahead. Yeah, Impact's not for sale. He's not going to do that. The WWE is his baby. He's not. He's he's not. This is the Impact. original Vince. This is the original million dollar man. Yeah. Everybody's what, got a price. What he will do is he will buy an NFL team and he will target the Jaguars <laughs> from Pervezcon. But if he can't get that, the Washington ownership is is under quite a bit of fire. So maybe maybe go with the whatever the Washington team is called now, the Commanders or whatever the fuck they call themselves. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's always wanted to be in a legitimate real sport. If he's forced out of WWE, he'll have enough money. He can he can buy he can lead the ownership group of an NFL team. Those are those are good good ideas. I think that 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 one is a good option and also what I said. Of the course. next letter um I mean if he has $16,000 left over, he can buy Impact, right? Pretty much. You don't think that like Scott Demore is not and Dixie are not going to take that money? Like come on. I don't think Dixie's involved any longer. She showed up on to, on Saturday, didn't she? Yeah, but that's not that's not BSC's ownership. That was because it's their twenty year anniversary. It's it's funny like how much <laughs> retroactive love D- Dixie's getting just because of how bad it is now. Oh my god, tell me about it. I saw one guy in a chat group go, "Man, like I never realized how how." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? She looks like she belongs in the cast of." 22 like exactly it's like it's like having a crush on mary steenburgen now <laughs> right right jeff this next letter oh my god this is written in all caps oh well that must be a serious it says keep your god keep my goddamn name out of your mouth i'll do what i goddamn please this is signed by vince's penis okay I didn't know Vince's penis's name, so. Uh, well, Vince's penis is is writing I'm us letters. Well, that's saying it too much. So that one's obviously for you. And then the last one um, is is that a real email about Vince's penis? No, I just made no, that. No, the, the keep your goddamn name out of my mouth in all caps. Uh, no, I just made that up. <laughs> it's Vince. It's from Vince's penis. Well, I figured that the the signature was made up. Oh no no no! The rest of it is plenty of suspects. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The next one uh, comes from um, from a guy named Kevin. Jeff, what's with your hate for Ms. Marvel? She's a lovely young lady and in- of uh, people of the new generation. Why so much hate for Ms. Marvel? I, I don't think that encouraging people of the new generation is... Uh, uh, <laughs> is worthwhile? <laughs> Makes a show, makes a show discouraging. I mean, every kid's show is encouraging people of a new generation. I just think it's a children's show. I mean, it's stupid. It's not. It's not entertaining. It's. It's a show that's made for people that are eight to fourteen, and that's not me. I love it. Sorry. 
I mean, it's like there's that show Naomi that that's a DC show that's on HBO Max. It, it's for teenagers. It's not for grownups. Are you talking about Euphoria? No, that is a very different show. I also not entertaining. Euphoria, Naomi, either. Why are you watching Naomi? I try new shows when I see them. I'm like, <laughs> okay. yeah. So you watch Succession. And Naomi. and Naomi. Well, I tried Naomi. It was not a good show. I watched Succession. I wait. I count the days for the new episodes of Succession. Oh, we got a new email just in. It it says Naomi. She's not going to tell you anything about that. It's also it's his penis. Right, you signed an NDA. Got it. Good. All right. So so we're done with the viewer mail. We're done with viewer mail. There you go. We listen listener mail. Thank you for everyone that wrote in. If you uh, have an idea or a thought that you want to run, no matter how, or even if it's a joke, send it to at hammerlockhangover.com. That's hammerlockhangover at gmail.com or hit us up on the Twitter. Swell. Fun you did times. mention Dixie. So uh, Slammiversary was this past weekend, as was AAA Mania. And Apparently nothing happened either. Nobody said anything. No, nobody cares. Um, the only thing of note that I've heard about from AAA Mania is that Matt Hardy's partner was John Hennigan, uh, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, whatever you want to call him. Um, I don't know what he went by for the show, but Matt Hardy apparently got banged up and his knee is all swollen. So yay for that. He joins the Walking Wounded AW, including their uh, – Champion, I guess, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, um, Buddy Murphy, Murphy is or Buddy Matthews is injured. Red Velvet's been added to the injured list. Uh, we haven't seen plenty of other people in weeks, uh, such as Chuck Taylor, probably injured or maybe released and nobody told us. Um, it's just a lot of walking wounded. It's not just AW, by the way, but uh, since we're on Matt Hardy, we're talking about AW and, and new injuries, but there's a it's a groin list. Madison Rain was injured at Slammiversary as well. Apparently, she broke her nose. Oof. Yeah. Jeff, why do you think we're seeing so many injuries? Um, Does it have to do with that, poor hydration? Are people not hydrated enough? Are they not drinking yeah, enough water? I think that's probably a pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good guess. I mean, certainly some of it is the high impact and the 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 trying to over, always outdo each other and you know and be on the card and do this that and the other thing. Uh, I think in Cody's case, I think he was really trying to bulk up and overdid it. Um, so what you're trying to tell the, the what you of in wrestling today is do less. No, do do smart. Do smart. Do smart. Try smart. Mm. Well, yeah. So the the big remaining story um, is, is AW and and Forbidden Door followed a f- only a few days later by Blood and Guts and the Forbidden Door sort of becoming the trap door. But uh, you know, it it got a trap door. Yeah. Jeff, what's going on with this build? I see, I see a lot of people criticizing the build of this card, and and leading up to AEW Dynamite, what were there like four matches announced or two matches announced, and now we've got 
And now after this episode of um, AEW, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I didn't watch it. So you're going to have to school me on what happened and I'm going to then that. But um, if I heard through the grapevine that now we went from having two or three announced, there's now, let me look at my notes, 21 matches. <laughs> That's about right. No, there, there were there were six matches as of yesterday. And there's now eight matches. Eight additional. Six plus matches. eight is fourteen. Fourteen matches. Just just eight total that I'm aware of. All right, so we're going to go through predictions and see what if that's accurate. But about the criticism I see again, a lot of people talk about there's a lack of build. This build could have been better. This build could have been better. Jeff, is has the build to Forbidden Door been lackluster? Yes, and it's been awkward and herky-jerky, and it's been changed because there's been no coordination. And some will blame it on, you know, because they didn't want to book it until after uh, the Dominion was done or the G1 or whatever. I think it's Dominion. And AW had double or nothing, but that's bullshit. It's, it's that these, these promotions only sort of get along. They couldn't agree on a lot of the booking. Then there were a rash of injuries for, for matches that were planned and people were getting excited about. And they put together a bunch of hodgepodge stuff. Um, and then I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that New Japan didn't purposely sort of screw AEW by taking the title off of Okada and putting it on Jay White. Um, you know, they were talking that Okada wants to take some time off. Um but then with all the injuries, I guess they coaxed them into it. Anyway, it, they're, they're right. The build is weird. But, I mean, we've been talking about this. We, we've been saying that, that, you know, this is always going to be more about exhibition matches because nobody wants their, their guys to lose. Nobody wants their big titles to lose. Um, maybe the tag team titles or something like that, you know, or a lot of people think like the New Japan United States title could change hands because, you know, then you have a U.S. person defending it here and that's where it should be defended or you know, half the time, whatever. I mean, this this is mostly an exhibition card. Some things don't even make sense. They've got Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW women's title. I mean, there's no New Japan there. There's no Forbidden Door. I mean, they, they just obviously had to put a women's match on or felt they did, you know, but they couldn't possibly, you know, find like the, the stardom champion and put them against Sheeta or, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know. Does Sheeta still work for AW? I'm not even sure to be frank. Rio, Sheeta, Amy Sakura, uh, Maki Ito. So, you know, someone, you know, they, they can claim a thousand people work for them. I have no freaking clue. They can take Sarai from NXT for all I care. Another <laughs> one I think is on the, on the release block. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely been herky jerky, but I think that, everybody who was expecting all these dream matches and big title matches, I think they were fooling themselves. They should have always known that there were going to be these six and eight and 10 man matches, kind of like we used to see with ring of honor and track record with mutual trust. It's, it's hard to imagine any major titles being changed. Right, Jeff, people some are people saying, are, sorry, Jeff, Jeff, there, some people are blaming the fact that there's a lot of injuries, right? See him. Daniel Ryan's injured. Brian Danielson. Uh, so, uh, some of although you is have. It, is it really? 
uh, you, some people are saying he's injured. Some people are saying that he's working on um, this Twisted Metal show. We know he was working on the Twisted Metal show. I mean, the injury was to write him off TV, but uh, I, I don't know that he's actually injured. In fact, I think he's going to be on this Forbidden Door show, um, but we'll get into that a little bit. So, so Jeff, um, even if they were at strength, let's say they had Omega, they had CM Punk, they've got Brian Danielson everybody's at full strength do you do you think that the card would have or do you think they still would have kind of sloppily booked this well i don't think omega would have been allowed on it anyway and, really uh, yeah and uh, and i think actually they would come, i mean if omega was healthy i'm not sure that cm punk would be the champion now so i don't even want to deal with him i i definitely think that cm punk being injured and daniel um uh, Brian Danielson being injured factored into it because CM Punk was absolutely going to face, uh, you know, their whoever their champion was. And Daniel Bryan was absolutely going to face Zack Sabre Jr. in a match that I would probably find pretty dull, but a lot of people will be into. And, and I get it. Um, so th- those are two matches, you know, whether it's going to be CM Punk against Tanahashi or CM Punk against Okada, either one of those would have been, you know, fun exhibition matches, you know, no matter what with, and the styles that, that these fans would like to see. So that's two things that are not happening. And they were sort of cascading, you know, impacts from then. And then I think it got harder for the promotions to decide who's going to be in matches and who's going to lose and who's going to take the loss. Um, and there's only so many matches you can put Lance Archer on the, to take the, to take the pin. <laughs> there's, no, right. there's no Valunos on this card. Um, what? Oh, I just searched the wrong forbidden door. <laughs> well, that could be interesting too. I uh, I I, re, I I searched the forbidden door is a 2009 Indonesian psychological thriller written and directed by Joko and. Okay, stop it. Nobody cares. We, we spent too much time on a movie last week that nobody cares about. Um, so. <laughs> Ms. Marvel. That's an that's unfortunate. That's not even a movie. That's a TV show. Um, and did we even talk about on this show? No, we didn't. Um, I, I got the one viewer mail, which was, why is Steve so mad? That you, you didn't address that one. <laughs> why, is Steve, um, why is Steve so mad? I told you this, uh, why Steve is so mad. All right. Because of the show. So, all right, so the main event is Moxley against Tanahashi for the interim AEW championship. I mean, you know, first of all, they had a very awkward sequence tonight. They were actually tag team partners tonight. They beat Jericho and Lance Archer. Of course, Lance Archer ate the pin. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were ringside, didn't get themselves involved in the match at all, because why would heels be heels? And then there was this gigantic fight at the end where people came in, in you know, drove Suzuki, Goon, and uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society and Santana and Ortiz. And I, I mean, it, it, it was terrible. It was stupid. It was awkward. The whole thing was weird. Lance Archer was sitting at that on the other side of the ring most of the time doing nothing. Moxley and, and Tanahashi were staring at each other the whole time. They, they refused to help anybody. They're just staring at each other. Somebody I did a show with said, why not have Tanahashi win? That would be great because then you could have Tanahashi face Punk one day and Tanahashi can work. And it, they're not going to have Tanahashi have the belt because he can't speak English. I mean, end the story. They're not having their champion who can't speak English. So that's pretty predictable. 
Don't you think that that's like a Vince way of booking things? Like maybe Tony Khan is is rather woke and doesn't care about that sort of stuff. No, I don't. I, I think the Tony Khan books, uh, you know, in exactly the same way. I mean, he put Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson on tonight as a ratings grab just to announce that, in fact, he is not cleared to wrestle and will not be on Forbidden Door and will not be on Blood and Guts, which had been reported in the media. So everyone thought, of course, he was going to say the opposite. But he said he's healthy and he's he didn't say it, but he meant to say, I'm definitely going to return. He also said that he picked an opponent who would face Zack Sabre Jr. in a technical match and beat him and someone who could also be in blood and guts, but he's not going to say who it is, but he's not going to tell Zack Sabre Jr. either. So two things happen. So one, Zack Sabre Jr. comes out to almost no response and they didn't even give him a microphone. He's saying something, but nobody can hear it and nobody cares. <laughs> and so, of course, the speculation is who's who's this guy Daniel Bryan's going to pick who can, you know, be both a great technical wrestler, who's mm-hmm. someone Daniel Bryan trusts, you know, the 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 BCC they're involved in in other matches or are they, you know, it. Is it going to be Lee Moriarty, who he's been grooming? Is it going to be Wheeler Yuta? Is he going to be put into that spot? Because I don't think he's otherwise on the Forbidden Door card. Uh, but he's already in Blood and Guts, so he wouldn't be a new person. Um, who is going to be Daniel Bryan's I mean, people are talking about Cesaro. Um, that makes sense. But, yeah, people also say Johnny Gargano. But if it was Cesaro or Johnny Gargano, wouldn't you announce that tonight to drive buys and views and curiosity in a show that's had a lackluster build? Or do they think just the curiosity is going to get 50 bucks? Because they ain't getting my 50 bucks. I, I, I can wait until after the show to find out who it was. I think it's either going to be Jonathan Gresham, who's a great technical wrestler, but not really a blood and guts fighter, but he could probably do it. Um, and can probably play, you know, much the same role as Daniel Bryant. They're sort of built similarly. Or... This is where I think it'll be Samoa Joe, who makes sense both as a technical wrestler and as a brawler. So, and is playing a face right now. So, uh, so that's why I'm asking: Is Samoa Joe really hurt? And if he's just taking time to do an animated show, you know, can he take two nights off, or maybe that's over? How long does it take to to do voice acting? <laughs> I don't know. We've never done voice acting. So, so I know the popular consensus is Cesaro. I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. It it would be dumb to not announce Cesaro or Claudio Castagnoli. Then again, Tony Khan's been known to be dumb before. So whatever. Yeah, I I see that. Um, I guess the question would be, is Cesaro a draw enough? Like going to draw any ratings like what's a bigger news story the news that he showed he's the secret guy or if he can draw ratings like Cesaro's that guy so I can obviously see that Cesaro or someone like Johnny Gargano again Gargano can draw ratings right I was about to say Gargano we know because he didn't really move the needle on NXT so Neither would drive ratings, but, you know, both are IWC darlings, which leads me to believe it'd be more interesting to reveal it and try to sell pay-per-view buys because it's not going to impact your weekly event. Even if it did, it's not a CM Punk spike. Maybe you're getting 50,000 more viewers for two weeks. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the Johnny Gargano or um, Cesaro fans aren't already watching AEW and aren't already going 
at the pay-per-view? Um, I agree with you to the first, to the second. I mean, I'm a Cesaro fan, but I'm not buying this pay-per-view. If Cesaro was announced tonight? No, that, that wouldn't change anything. Okay, so then it's it. So I think the bigger takeaway, what where's Cesaro or even Gargano's value? Is it more in the lead up to buy pay-per-views or in the press coverage the night of? Because you know you want to have some surprises that Sean Ross Sapp and Dave Meltzer will be tweeting out and people will be retweeting to make it seem like it's a big deal when really it's not. I think all it does is prove MJF's point right, which, by the way, we haven't heard a hide nor hair of him for three, four weeks straight now. Um, but, the, you know, and, and it's funny because JR talked about both Tanahashi and Okada as, as two of the best in the world. So there's eight other wrestlers in the top ten, and, and AW has about 150 wrestlers. So, so you know, there's 142 wrestlers who are below Tanahashi and Okada. I mean, you know, it's probably true, but the AEW commentator shouldn't be saying that on 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 their show. The AEW commentator should be talking about the AEW people. But um, I mean, it it would be whether it's Gargano or Cesaro. They're both two. They're both former WWE guys taking the shine and taking the spot of of someone in AEW because AEW doesn't think you're good enough. I did another tweet, which was semi controversial this week. Is that the reason Impact lost is losing so many fans is is that Impact showed that it didn't it didn't respect Impact. It 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 sacrificed its championship to two successful champions who were not Impact talents. They were AEW talents. Their own tag team champions spent more time on AEW television than on Impact television, and they basically showed that they would you know they'd give their top people, but AEW would you know basically give their bottom people. Um, and uh, and the Impact fans realized that Impact didn't respect stuff, and and it still does. And then they left. I think AEW fans are now realizing that AEW doesn't respect itself. That what MJF said was true. Um, and if they keep walking into that, I mean, why why would an AEW fan invest themselves in any of the young talent? I mean, if you're just waiting for releases from WWE, you might as well watch the WWE folks. I. I, I, I don't know, but the, I think that that's it, I, part of the effect. Jeff, I think you have a very interesting um, topic that you just brought up, and I want to expound on it. So let's pivot to, again, I didn't watch it, but I heard news um, and and notes and tidbits of what happened. And I, I found it very interesting that Okada, who usually shows up on uh, wrestling – in a, in a very fancy suit. The guy looks like money. He looks like a superstar. And he shows up on TNT, TBS, in uh, what I would probably wear when it's laundry day. The guy he showed up. He wore a, a shirt and some sweats. This guy is supposed to be the best wrestler in the world. He certainly didn't come out looking like it. He looked... Ooh. He came like off a plane, right. right? This is this is last minute booking. They coaxed Okada into it. Tony probably offered him double his his normal ask or whatever, and flew him over first class. And the funny, not the funny thing, but they were like Jay White was also wearing a white shirt and basically track pants. So you had two guys, and they were just in white t shirts. I mean, it was, you know that, that that that's not the way to orchestrate a, a show. 
Uh, right. And so I thought that was funny. But um, what I want to talk about, what ended up being the byproduct of this set and what is probably going to be the co-main event of for which is a four-way match between UGP champion in Jay Switchblade White versus Okada versus Adam Cole versus Hangman Page. Jeff, before I expound my thoughts on who is going to go over on this match, what are your thoughts on this just kind of, I guess, this regurgitation of a match that happened all of a sudden right now tonight? Yeah, I mean, well, it was widely speculated that this would be a, a three-way between White, Page, and Cole, and I always figured that Cole was there to eat the pin to protect Page. Um, I still think that's the case. Uh, the only question is whether Okada or Jay White pins him because they're not the, the the IWGP heavyweight title is not going on an AEW star, um, right? So, I I think that Jay White pins Adam Cole. They're supposed to be friends. They're supposed to be Bullet Club, all, you know, undisputed leaders, you know, sort of uh, close cousins of each other. So, but, you know, uh, Jay White rejected Adam Cole's bid for a one-on-one match. So I think Jay White pins Adam Cole and that will further that feud, so to speak. I guess Jay White will stay here stateside a little bit longer and, and you know, that'll be something for Adam Cole to do and, and Jay White to make more money. And, you know, it sort of makes sense. And, you know, obviously they're doing Bullet Club, uh, Undisputed Elite, you know, our allies up to Forbidden Door, but maybe not so much after Forbidden Door. So mm-hmm. that's my prediction. Jay White wins, pins Cole, uh, and that, you know, continues what looks like a, you know, a cold feud and it turns into a hot feud. Well, to your point, Jeff, I think this is all going to set up to f- a champion, but not the AEW champion or not even a former AEW champion. I think that this match is completely booked by New Japan to make one man look strongest overall, and that is Okada. Okada is the best in the world, right? Okada is the champion of all champions. He's the New Japan champion, or was, until Jay White fluked him. And I, this match is to set up, A, Okada to be a big name on this card. Tony Khan is paying big money to have a big name on here. And New Japan in return for feeding Tanahashi. I'm gonna we're gonna get into that match later. For feeding Tanahashi to Moxley, in return wants Okada to come out of this as the champion, but not only as the champion, but the champ all former champions. He is going to beat these this impact Jay White. He's going to beat the what is quite arguably the best NXT champion of all time, Adam Cole, the former AEW champion in Hangman Page. Okada stands tall. Okada's your new IWGP champion once again, reigning supreme. The fans, the marks, the AEW fans, they want to see Okada win. Um, listen, if if the booking has been acrimonious and they're they're not likely to be planning any furtherance of this, then that makes a whole lot of sense. And why not do it? Um, 
you know, e- either way, New Japan looks strong, and either way, you're prote- you're protecting Page. It doesn't matter which one of them pins Adam Cole. He's the one that he's the one that's taking the pin. I, I just think that they want to continue this, you know, English speaking versus English speaking New Japan versus AW story. But if that's if that's off the table, if they said, huh, this isn't going so well, maybe we'll maybe we'll try again next year. Then I, I could very much see you saying, "Yeah, we want our guy. We we dragged him. We you we, we, we coaxed him out of his time off and convinced him to do it." Yeah, I, I could I could see them wanting to look like Superman. But either way, in, in a fatal four way, he can still look strong as hell, but still be protected because you know something screwy can happen. He can put it on the finisher, you know, but somebody throws him out of the ring and steals the pin. I mean, so it, it it's you know it's New Japan. It's you know it it it's wacky if they you know. Yeah, but I, I, I could see that. The okay. one thing we know is that it, it Adam Page isn't going to win, and the, the title is not switching hands into an AEW star's hands around their waist. Correct. Okay, Jeff, let's talk about Tanahashi versus Moxley. We are I, I just mentioned I think Moxley's going over. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I just I said that they're they're not going to have an AEW champion who doesn't speak English, and you asked me if I thought that Tony Khan was too woke for that. That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay, continue with your AEW review, and then we'll continue sprinkling in our predictions. Are we doing the, an AEW review? I, I mean, there was a match between I mean, Tony. There was a match between Tony Storm and Marina Shafir. It stunk. It wasn't as bad as the one with Marina Shafir and Thunder Rosa. For whatever reason, Nyla Rose was accompanying uh, or was helping Marina Shafir at ringside. So for for no apparent reason. Uh, anyway, Tony Storm got the win, and then they you know tried to do a double team on Tony Storm. Thunder Rosa ran out, even the odds, and then they had a face off again. But you know, still the faces helping the faces. Um, I don't know. None of this made sense. You know, I, I don't know how you make Marina Shafir look better by having Nyla Rose out there do, do, doing cruddy stuff. But I mean, the whole purpose of it, as far as I'm concerned, is to is to how do you tell me Tony Storm isn't the winning t- the title without telling me Tony Storm is the winning title? And you you spoil it by pulling Ny- Nyla Rose on here for no reason on Wednesday. So I assume that that she will get involved uh, on Sunday or whenever this this matches and. Yes, I thought Tony Storm would win because Thunder Rose's title reign has been pretty bad, and people aren't liking her, and people have been saying that she had she's having injuries, whatever it is. Um, then again, it would be another ex WWE person coming in and getting the shine. So I think this is all to set up Nyla and Tony Storm being the next few, and Thunder Rosa keeps her title. So there we go. Uh, so you're saying that Thunder Rosa is winning? Yes. All right. I'm just writing it down because, you know, usually I will agree with you. Maybe when she welcomes Nyla Rose's uh, help and Thunder Rosa turns heel. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. But going back to the match. So I think that there was a lot of criticism put on both Marina Shafir and Thunder Rosa. Some, you know, can't be lie on. Some people were blaming Marina Shafir for being green. That's where I kind of lay. And then there were some people that were saying that um, Thunder Rosa was big timing Marina Shafir. Um, I believe that Marina Shafir was too green, right? 
I've never seen a good Marina Shafir match ever. And what about tonight? Did she redeem herself or or is she just too green and nobody can 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 do any work with Marina Shafir? Listen, this was better than it was last week. Um but she's still not good. And and I, I am convinced, you know how I keep saying Adam Cole is the booker or at least the co-booker there? This is because she's Roddy's wife and they're trying to do right by Roddy. I mean, there's no other reason to put her in there. They have, they have an entire roster full of full of women, though I know Layla Hirsch is injured and now Red Velvet's injured and who knows who else is injured. I mean, we never see Allie. We never see Penelope before. We never see Diamante. The list goes on and on. But there's no reason why Marina Shafir could, should keep being in high-profile matches. I, I mean, so I don't get it. Interesting. Yeah, I I was uh, really interested to see what Marina Shafir was going to bring to the table in this match, but I did not watch it, so I can't really speak on it. All right, Jeff. Um, oh, okay. So you mentioned Daniel Bryan earlier and Brian Danielson in the show. He showed up. He actually started and opened the show, right? And he said that yeah. he wasn't going to be anywhere on AEW except for in a management capacity. So you're saying that the surprise guy is going to be? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. And is Samoa Joe Jr. uh, going over? I think that it is going to be Samoa Joe. So you're going to say Samoa Joe. And... I'm going to say Zack Sabre Jr. goes over and it's going to be a uh, lackluster announcement. It's going to be somebody that is going to be really lame. Watch them end up feeding Andrade to him. <laughs> no, it's not Andrade because nobody from AAA can work the show. So that that's how we knew the Penta was losing the match to Malachi Black tonight, which was the only match I was really interested in seeing. But there was no point knowing who was going to lose. Penta lost clean because no one from AAA is allowed to work the show because CMLL has a relationship with New Japan. And they said, don't let anyone from AAA work your North American show. And New Japan said, yep. And they told AEW. Can't do it. So originally, allegedly, it was supposed to be Andrade versus Will Ospreay. Instead, we're getting Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. By the way, I'll tell you right now, Will Ospreay is retaining. All right. Let me write that down. Will Ospreay. I had a feeling you were not going to pick Zack Sabre Jr. You don't really like Zack Sabre Jr. I don't like Zack Sabre Jr., but it also doesn't make any sense for him to win a technical match for no title for no reason other than ego here on U.S. grounds. And if this person's replacing Dan, uh, Brian Danielson on both Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts, he's got to he's he's got to get his mojo back. He's got to be like the brawler as well. So he's got to win to carry over in, in, into Blood and Guts now. That's wrestling storytelling that makes sense. Uh, that's not always Tony Khan. And there is another promotion that has their own agendas. But I, I don't think they really care what happens to Zack Sabre Jr. on this card, as long as the match looks good. And there's there's, there's no disrespect in losing to Samoa Joe or Brian Danielson. 
or Cesaro. Johnny Gargano, not so sure. Mm. Good point. I just think that they want to do future business with Zack Sabre Jr., so I think that they would want to keep Zack Sabre Jr. happy. Zack Sabre Jr. is under contract. I mean, <clears throat> winning and losing doesn't matter to a lot of these guys. They're not They're not all goobers. <laughs> That's what you think. I think they're all goobers. I mean, I think Zack Sabre Jr., it's important him to work the style he works, but they let him work the style and they let him be the character he wants to be. The wins and losses, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's of particular importance. The goober style? The goober style. Um, let's talk about, um, let's see here, Boxley. Okay, so there is a, apparently the four-way is not the only four-way there is a fatal four-way for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, and that is between Pac, I Black, and Tomohiro Ishii. Jeff, who do you have winning the AEW All-Atlantic Championship? Well, obviously, the guy from Japan is is closest to the Atlantic, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> we, we, we know it's not going to be Ishii who who wins this thing, though it would almost make sense if, if AEW is going to give one title to a New Japan person that this would be the title, but Ishii, come on. I mean, this, I mean, they re-debuted Miro. I love Miro, but it's been a little bit lackluster. Um, I think him and Wardlow occupy a lot of the same lane and, and, and take some of the same energy. I think they've, you know, they hurt Wardlow enough, well, with the MJF escapades and, and letting him do it. And then that silly battle royal, which was fun enough, but, you know, nobody else seems to have liked it. So I have to see the point. Um, I I mean, I'd like, you know, I like Pac. I like Andre, uh, Malachi, rather. But I think that because this feud, which has been going on for like seven and a half months now through two pay-per-views now going on to a third. So it's probably going on nine months of this feud. I think that Pac and Malachi Black canceling each other out is the easy out. And Miro getting the pin over Ishii is the easy booking and Miro getting a title again because he was the best TNT champion bar, no matter what anyone else has to say. Um, so I'm picking Miro to win and Ishii to take, to take the pin. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm picking Pac. I think they finally reward an old-timey guy, one of the first guys that crossed over, and they're going to reward Pac with his first title. Is that correct? I'd be cool with that. I just don't see where the title fits into the, the this trio's war that, that never that doesn't seem to have any end coming. But then again, AEW doesn't always care about stuff like that. So, okay, that's cool. But no, I'm going to stick with Miro. All right. I would be perfectly happy with three out of four of these guys win. The only one that I'd be upset about would be Ishii, and even then, not that upset. All right, let's talk about a match that is on the undercard. That is Max Caster and the Gun Club. Don't call them the ass boys, Jeff. I would never, I wouldn't dream of such a thing. Max Caster and the Gun Club, that is Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn versus, forgive me if I fuck any of these up, Yuya Yamora, Alex Cochlin, the DKC, Cochlin, 
I, I don't know who the DKC is. I know he's from the LA Dojo, though. And Kevin Knight. Yeah, I, I I don't care at all about this match. I'm going to say the Japanese team wins and DKC takes the pin, whoever he is. Oh, really? So you're going to say the New Japan Dojo, Dojo guys it. are going to win? Uh... Yeah, because that's what's been happening a lot on New Japan. And and on New Japan Strong, the New Japan guys have been losing the unimportant matches to Dojo people. And Alex Coughlin has been losing a lot. He's been doing this open challenge, but he loses to everybody. Um, But they're all, he should lose because they're all, you know, veterans and better than him higher up on the card. So maybe he'll give, maybe this this has come up and so he, he, he scores the pin on. I, I don't care about this match. Nobody cares about this match. W crew to win this. I mean, if Billy Gunn's wrestling, I guess he's the one who takes the pin. Oh, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Give, give this one to the Japanese team, and then Billy Gunn eats the pin. My my pick, just because you said that, that's pretty wise. Baby Yoda. It's just easy. I mean, Billy Gunn's what fifty nine. His his wins don't matter. Um, um, Le Sex Gods. That's Chris Jericho, and, and <laughs> you're gonna have to explain this to me, Jeff. How the fuck is Dookie on this team? Um, because they're bad guys now, and they're both bad guys together, and Suzuki Gun and the Jericho Appreciation Society are all bad guys together against good guys. Uh, and uh, I don't even remember who they're facing. Like, I know it's Kingston. Uh, mm-hmm. It's some guy like named like Yonoro or something like that. Or Inoro. Shada Yumino. Okay, Yumino. And, and who's the other one? Who's the third? Wheeler Utah. Oh, for God's sake. The greatest up-and-coming AEW talent since... The last great up and coming AEW talent. Okay, so this is this is Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki against Yuta, Kingston, and Yumino. Shota. Um Shota. Since, since it's of absolutely no consequence, the good guys win. The good guys. So Suzuki eats the pin. So you're saying, oh, that, that makes sense. So you're saying, uh, team, I'm going to just write Team Kingston. Team Kingston. Of course, then like 11 people will come and run in and beat them up. I'm going to pick Team Jericho. Okay, that's fine. I don't understand why they didn't book this to be like Survivor Series rules. This would have been more interesting. Jeff, another match here. We've got a three-way winner-take-all tag team match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships and the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Um, That is FTR versus United Empire, which consists of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. They are the IWGP champions versus Vice. Going to give you my optimist 
prediction and my cynical prediction. My optimist prediction is that the promotions do want to do some working together with each other and they trust some of the people. So I'm going to go with FTR getting these belts. Obviously, they're going to pin Rapongi Vice, probably Rocky Romero. I think that when FTR is, you know, off AW, they can do New Japan stuff. And I think everyone trusts FTR to play ball because they are say what you want about them but they're generally professionals about that the cynical view is this isn't going as swimmingly as anyone thought there's no guarantee there's going to be future collaborations and it's going to end in a schmaz that tag team aussie open that we've seen way too much on aw television is going to get involved and it'll, it'll be a disqualification so which one are you going to lean on? Where's your My mind? official pick for scorekeeping purposes is that FTR you, you know, carries both titles, two sets of titles that nobody in the U.S. cares about. All one right. for a dead company and one for a company that nobody, that nobody actually knows. So yeah, FTR. I'm going to steal. I'm going to. I'm just going to say DQ Schmaz. Cool. I wonder if FDR will carry around the AAA titles again, if they even still have them. I, I have no idea if they still even have them. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know either. That's a great question. Um, Zach on Okada we did. There's only one more match that we need to cover up until now, unless, you know, Tony does a line of Coke and then adds another 25 <laughs> matches to this, and that is the Young Bucks and Bullet Club, which – consist of El Fantasmo and Hikuleo versus Dudes with Attitude, Darby Allen, Stick, and Los Ingobernables de Japón, Shingo Takaji, Hiromu Takahashi. Um, That's a mouthful, right? It sure is. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with the same thing that Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite not getting along after tonight is the story. Bad guys lose. I don't see Darby and Sting losing anywhere. Um, I I sort of know who Hiromo is. I think Shingo is Takanji. I'm not that. I I think he was. He was New Japan's champion for a while. Yep. People say he's a good wrestler, but apparently that didn't go over so well. It was during COVID, so maybe they want to get him a um, sort of high-profile win. Anyway, fa- faces win, and more with this Bullet Club undisputed elite schism, which only reaffirms that I still think that Jay White uh, beats Adam Cole, not Okada. Okay, so we're both picking dudes. Dudes with attitude. Dudes with attitude. Well, I don't they all have attitude? We're picking the faces. Team <laughs> Team Sting. Don't they all have ad, uh, attitude? Maybe. Um. All right. And the last thing that I'll mention about AW predictions, Jeff. Do we see? We mentioned his name earlier. He is completely absent. And now, not only does he have a beef with WWE guys being booked stronger than AEW guys. But after this show, he might even have a beef about New Japan guys being booked stronger than AEW guys. And that is MJF. Do we see... I don't think so. I think that promo he did um, 
whatever good or damage that it did, I think that that was the compromise position as to like when Gargano, when his contract was running out, they, they did an injury angle so that if he never comes back, you know, it. but if he does come back, he's got an insta feud with Grayson Waller. I think that was his, their version of the injury angle His just go out into the sunset. I, I don't see where he fits into this. I mean, he can't be the, you know, I don't think he'd be the technical wrestler to to take Daniel Bryan's or Brian Danielson's place. I still do that after a year. Um, uh, you know, you know, or be on the face team for blood and guts. It just it, it it doesn't quite make sense. Although he's been in those matches before. By the way, Wardlow had like a vignette promo, and like he starts with the words, "I do what I want." Is is that how a face starts a promo? <laughs> I do what I want, except for. Go after the the AEW World Title. I mean, it was just it was just weird. I mean, it's like that's. I mean, at least start with. I've had lots of hurdles thrown in front of me, and I overcame them. That doofus Mark Sterling even had me wrestle twenty people at one time. I didn't even know the rules, but still, I won. Um, You know, and and now I'm looking for that that TNT title. And where's Scorpio Sky? I can't find him. He's hiding behind Dan Lambert. I can't find him either. I mean, you don't start with, I do what I want. I do what I want is is like what Braun Strowman does or when the big show turns heel or when Lance Archer says, I'm tired of screwing around. I do what I want around here. I'm six foot eight of rage. So I don't know. This is it didn't it's not hit going for well. You. It's not going well. All right. That's fair. Um, so... So, yeah, I mean, this show was a mess. Dynamite was a mess. I, I know we didn't do a proper review of it, but it wasn't a proper show. It wasn't a proper show. What is a proper show on AEW? I, you know, they, they, they've had plenty of shows that made more sense than this. There's always things to pick on, you know, but usually I have more fun picking on their stuff. This, this oh, is just one thing. One thing I, I mentioned, I forgot to mention. What? Is the chances that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson's champion, is William Regal? And, yeah, then, no. my fo- and then my follow-up question to that, as you're thinking about the answer, would the AEW stand mark out for that, or would they find that disappointing? The answer to the first is now that you say it. I think it's at least 50%. The answer to the second is yes to both. They would pretend that they loved it, but secretly they would be disappointed by it. Okay. All right. I think it's going to be William Regal. That's a good call. Thank you. That's That's a really good call. I mean, he did say the one person I trust. I mean, that makes sense. He ain't that old. He's, he's what, 54? Yeah. I guess so. Right. I don't know. That's my age. Younger than Sting. It's, you know. <laughs> and that way you can feed Regal to to um, Zack Sabre Jr.? Listen, and him yelling blood and guts is, is perfectly fine. Listen, and, you know, but also feeding Zack Sabre Jr. to him is is – is no offense, but you're right. He could lose a technical match and go, yeah, maybe I'm not a good as the technical stuff, but I can still fight. Right, right, right. But either, either way it works. So yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, you know, so it may, it almost me. makes too much sense. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm just like when I was talking about raw Monday night raw, right? No, 
I don't, you were you were clearly on crack at the whatever your riddle high was. You've obviously sobered <laughs> up since then. No, but that uh, was good. That, make, that I will say that makes up for your raw nonsense. I'm I'm going to say that's a push. I'm going to take that as a compliment, uh, Jeff. Sure. Uh, before we move into uh, miscellaneous wrestling news, uh, two things: Sasha's release, still no movement on that news. Not released. Um, I do you think she's going to show up? Uh, I'm going to ask you this until she shows up somewhere. Do you think she shows up on AEW? Does she <laughs> I, show I up on Forbidden Door? No, no. Yeah, I don't think uh, we were talking about this earlier uh, in pre-production. I don't. Well, think- buy a ticket. I saw some tickets on SeatGeek for six dollars for Forbidden Door. So obviously the scalpers are having <laughs> trouble reselling the tickets. Oh my God! Yeah, and maybe I, just some ticket buyers like saw the card and like this is not what I thought was happening. I saw floor tickets for eighty dollars. I think probably day of you could probably find them for forty. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure as well. But that was you know that, that's a little cray cray. Then I had these people like telling me, "Well, the sellout's a sellout." I'm like, I know it's a sellout. I I never said it wasn't. That that is not my point. And they keep trying to they they keep trying to tell me what the AW got their money. I'm like. I know I understand that. I, I didn't make any point other than the, there's resellers. These ticket the, the scalpers are taking a bath early. Um, you know, it's still five days out. My God, imagine what the tickets are going to go by. I'm not, I'm not saying AEW made any less money, though it is an indication that scalpers may get out of the market in the future. But right. I, I mean, that's you know, what I was going If They might, you know, be taking a bath now. Let's say for the next Chicago show, are they going to be that willing to f- pony up all this money up front and bet Probably on AEW? Probably not. Well, it depends on the card. If it's another one of these forbidden door exhibition match shows, no. But if everyone's healthy and it's CM Punk versus Brian Danielson in, in the main event and it's a regular AEW pay per view, they'll have no problem selling out. I don't with you. I don't. Yeah, I think I, I right think now the scalpers fun. are are driving that the sellout, and once the yeah, scalpers go, there's no real genuine financial interest in me buying a bulk of these and selling them at less than cost. So I'm not going to do it. I think that's been a pretty good market for them. I I just think that everyone overestimated, except for me and a few other people, the value of New Japan. And and this Forbidden Door thing was exciting to people in concept, but in reality it isn't. And the people who are really excited about it, too spread out, they're not all going to be flying up or driving to Chicago for a wrestling show in the middle of summer when gas is $6 a gallon. Mm, Okay. Um, So no Sasha... Um, and no, Finn no, no. Balor was on main event. The only reason that I bring this up is everybody likes to say Finn Balor, Finn Balor, their WWE is, is not treating him right. Not booking him right. Jeff, this, I think falls under what came first, the chicken or the egg. If Finn Balor was such a draw, wouldn't he spike a rating or some interest main event? Or is it because he's on main event, nobody has interest in Finn Balor? No, no, it's it's definitely the first because Finn Balor didn't draw on NXT when he was the champion twice over the period of a year. Of course, he kept getting hurt. I mean, people like Finn Balor, but he doesn't drive viewers. He's he's you know fans like him, but but 
you you don't get more fans. He doesn't bring in casual fans. He's he doesn't he doesn't change your one point eight to a two point three. He's not like Roman. He's not like Brock. Um, but I mean, I think this is more about Rhea, and and apparently they can't write for Judgment Day without Rhea. They can't do one thing without the other. Maybe Damian Priest was off this week. Maybe he had scheduled time off. I I don't know. You know, maybe Edge has scheduled time off, and so they don't want to, you know, do anything with them without edge being in the picture or whatever it is and they just said him's a good worker let, let, let's have him work with this person and see how it goes and you know a lot of times main event is to figure out you know chemistry going forward for future mm-hmm. partners or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know they, they they have a very thin roster i know you disagree but they they gotta put people on on the show and you know it's better to see finn balor on tv than tozawa or drew gallic uh, gulak if you're watching I- drew gallic yeah or, or drew gulak all right, WWE review. Um, next is wrestling news. Booker T had several comments, um, I guess, on his podcast. He was mentioning that he's in need of some uh, working out. And he was. How dare you, Booker? Yeah, but, but, I mean, come on. I've, I've been saying this since I saw Adam Cole eight years ago. But one thing is for you to say it, uh, a uh, guy watching on your couch and then having a former world champion, former tag team champion, Hall of Fame. Five time. Five time. That's right. That's right. And, 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 And King, Booker T, critique the physique. And, I mean, listen, even to this day, like, Booker T looks jacked and, and in shape. Oh, yeah. So I think Booker T's in his full right to make that criticism. It's not like me out of shape. Steve is making a, making that criticism. Um, Why can't Steve out of shape make that criticism? Are you not allowed to criticize an NFL quarterback for throwing a crappy pass just because you can't throw a 40-yard spiral? That's bullshit. I think I can criticize it, but I think it doesn't land with enough emphasis unless it's someone of uh, that's done that, right? So wrestling is the only fandom that does this to themselves. In in the NFL, sure, if Dan Marino says that the quarterback X made bad decisions with the ball, is it more important? Yeah, because he's on CBS or whatever it is. But the, but. Really, it's more important when 66% of the fans on sports radio are saying the same thing. I mean, because those are the people who are paying for the game. So, no, this is, this, this is bullshit. I've never directed a movie, but I can tell you if a movie's bad. I've never acted in something. I can tell you if someone's performance is bad. I've never cooked a gourmet meal. But if the dinner sucks it and I paid $100 a plate for it, I'm allowed to say so. Wrestling fans are the only ones who do this, who, who put this ridiculous thing upon themselves. I'm I'm I think we just got an email from Steven Spielberg. The snake here from him all the time. <laughs> I told him never to call me here. So you're saying this is all just a par for the course. Why is Booker T's comments making any type of news splash? The other thing that he said, Jeff, was because it hurts because it stings because it's true because it's obvious. Adam <laughs> Cole does not look like someone who you would take seriously. He is he's short. And he's diminutive. He's both of those things. If he was short and stocky, like if he had the Jonathan Gresham or even a Daniel Bryan build, no one would be complaining about it. If he was if he was taller 
and had the same build, he'd probably get less heat, you know, but if he was like 6'4", you know, and sort of had like the Barry Windham build with his skills, he could still get by with it. I mean, there are wrestlers. Like a, like a, a Layfield? Now he was always sort of bulky guy, but young Barry Windham was sort of just long and lanky, you know, sort of the same as Tommy Rich. You know, there, there are a lot of, a long lineage of wrestlers. They weren't, they were just like big people, not necessarily looking like they were in great shape. Or you get himself into like Matt Taven shape. Hmm, you know, if you're six three, six four, you get yourself into Matt Taven shape and be fine with his skill set. Um, the other commentary that Booker T made was that if Sasha Banks goes to AEW, there is nothing for her there. There is no. There's just really nothing for her to do. What are your thoughts on that commentary? Besides, besides Britt Baker, besides Jade, there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing for anyone in wrestling. If you are getting paid to wrestle, there's something for you. I mean, there's two titles and she's a big star. I mean, it would, it would again, open up this MJF conundrum, you know, that, that thing again. Um, but there's certainly stuff for her if they're going to pay her anything close to what she's getting now or if she could pursue other opportunities to do it. I mean, if he's saying that only WWE offers her the platform in wrestling, that she can do the Mandalorian and do other movies and, and get on ESPN and get out red carpets and things like that, yeah, he's probably right about that. But to say that there's nothing for her at a wrestling company, if they're paying her what she thinks she's worth and or she's only working one day a week, yeah, well, who, who, who's to, who's to say? I mean, these titles are all fake titles, so it's there's not nothing for her there. There's the same shit there that there is anywhere else for her. But Jeff, don't you think that it's it's critical for she just got off of an arc putting over B, and and now was in this trivial tag team with Naomi that felt like it was going somewhere, but then eventually stopped and didn't go anywhere. So there needs to be something to kind of raise the pedigree of Sasha Banks in my opinion. And there's no one of that caliber on the AEW roster. Like what do you Britt Baker tour feed Jade Cargill tour? Sure. No, that makes no sense. Jeff, Jeff, you're going to, you're going to burn the goodwill, the, the, the build that you have with Jade Cargill to put over Sasha Banks. Sa- Sasha Banks is by far a bigger star than I And now Jade Cargill is the one person that I wouldn't because I think she's their biggest chances as, as a crossover superstar, but everyone else, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, Athena. They're all uh, expendable is, is your. To- absolutely. Yeah, abs- Absolutely. And if they wanted, and if she wanted to make tag women's tag team wrestling a thing, Tony would make women's tag team titles and give her a partner, and they'd win the tournament. I mean, yeah, this stuff for her—it's all about what she wants to do, and, and if they'll pay her. I mean, but you know, my understanding is that she wanted in the millions. I, I mean, this is all irrelevant to me because women's wrestling doesn't draw. Everyone can pretend that it does. It doesn't. It doesn't draw. No one buys tickets to see women's wrestling. And so it doesn't matter what, I mean, four weeks ago, this was a giant story. Now it's just sort of a whisper and nobody even mentions Naomi. Interesting. 
Okay. Um, go ahead, Jeff. You've got two things, one on Ric Flair and Jay Lethal. Uh, well, yeah. So apparently Jay Lethal was supposed to be on Flair's podcast, uh, you know, speculation. You know, everyone saw Ric Flair training with Jay Lethal. Ric Flair's doing this comeback, his last match. Apparently the sales have been so good that they need to move to a bigger venue. I have no idea how big or small the first venue was. Um, so Lethal was supposed to be on Flair's podcast. He didn't. It, it was a no-show. So Ric Flair said he always had an attitude. Frankly, I don't know if this is a work and lethal is Flair's opponent, so they're trying to build some cheap heat, some fake friction, mm. or if this is real and then Ric Flair's just being a dick, uh, you know, because everyone who doesn't do what Ric Flair wants is, you know, is, is bad. I mean, we see how he buried Mark Madden. We see how he's got, you know, he, he has fewer and fewer friends as time goes on. But that's the story. It's really, you know, Ric Flair at this point, it's 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 just sad that, you know, what, you know, what, what, what's happened to the guy who was, you know, probably one of the most flamboyant, you know, greatest sports entertainers of all time in, in the wrestling, you know, genre. Right. That's an interesting um, take that you think this is, I, I, it could very well be. I mean, truth be told, I don't listen to Flair's podcast, so I, I didn't hear it in real time. I didn't hear any clips of it. So, you know, I'm just reading that it happened. So, you know, it doesn't sound like something that could could build cheap heat for an event that's certainly more important than any particular episode of Flair's podcast, which probably costs nothing to produce. Um, but I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't much matter. Um, we have a couple deaths this week. Uh, referee Dave Hebner, Earl Hebner's twin brother, uh, died over the weekend. Tim White also died. Um, probably more f- just as famous for being Andre the Giant's personal assistant. Um, anything else? So RIP to both of those sort of, uh, yeah, sort of legendary. Legends, uh, yeah. You can uh, say wrestling referee legends. Yeah. Um, Tammy Sitch's attorney has moved to withdraw. This is this attorney's a pretty big deal. His motion was pretty standard. He basically said the basics that the the, the client is not cooperating, uh, they are not in good communication, and the, the, the client would not be prejudiced by uh, the attorney's withdrawal. The last part means that she's got plenty of time to secure another attorney. Um, the first two parts, who knows? Usually when I see things like that, it means one of two things. One, the attorney's representing a plea or some other course that she's not even willing to entertain or some strategy that she's not willing to entertain and slash or, because they're not mutually exclusive, that she hasn't paid his full fee and it doesn't look like she's going to pay his full fee and there's been a problem with money. So, you know, let's just pretend that this the retainer is... Hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this, or the fee is, and she said, "Well, we'll, we'll you know, I don't have that. I'll get you twenty thousand down, and we'll pay ten thousand dollars a week." And she paid the twenty thousand, made the first ten thousand, second ten thousand got paid two and a half weeks later. The second ten, third ten thousand hasn't gotten there yet, and the attorney's like, "Yeah, no, nah, I ain't doing this." Um, so you know, this is all speculation. I don't know what the facts are, but that, but usually when you see a motion like that. It, it, it's usually that there's a major dispute between strategy and slash or that the client isn't complying with rule one, which is paying their attorney. Um, so don't be surprised if that stuff comes up as well. Uh, other news, Taya Valkyrie became the inaugural women's MLW featherweight champion. 
pretty interesting because she's definitely not a featherweight. Uh-oh, I'm going to get angry emails again. And there's only <laughs> one, there's only one woman in the MLW women's division up until this point. That was Holly Dead. Um, so Ty Valkyrie did that. She is also the AAA Reina de Reina's champion. Um, I think she still holds that. Uh, I'm not sure if Diana Prazo retook it, but I think she has that. And she's one half of, I think, the Impact Knockout Champion. So Taya Valkyrie's had a pretty good week on the Indies. Um, good for you, Taya. Yeah. Kushida has made his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's actually still living in Florida, but announced he's going to move to L.A. so that he can get to Japan more easily. I, I guess that also presupposes he'll continue to do indie dates in the U.S. and you know probably work New Japan Strong, which is based out of California. Anyway, so Kushida, that big star, has landed a job back where he started in the minor leagues. Um, the former Authors of Pain, we talked about before how they were going to do a show in Dubai, then they moved to, to Britain, um, and they were going to have a lot of sort of the control your narrative folks on it. They're going to have people like Braun Strowman and Killer Cross and EC3. Turns out now that a lot of those stars in the new show aren't going to be on there. They didn't give reasons why. My guess is that the budget has been substantially reduced. Maybe it's scheduling conflicts, doubt it. But you know now, instead of Braun Strowman, you're getting Moose you know, and, and things like that. So new card let's see if this show ever even happens uh, <laughs> I, I haven't heard anything about the cyn control your narrative show on pro wrestling television uh apparently terminus is done there's been no shows announced wow. for that no one's yeah but we talked about that so that's that's sort of like my bits and news uh i know that last week we talked about maybe doing our mid mid-year reviews but this show is packed so next week we'll probably do it you know i don't i don't think either of us is planning to watch forbidden door so we probably won't go into too much analysis there money in the bank predictions will probably occupy most of our wwe talk um so and you know blood and guts you know that's probably going to be most of dynamite or at least half of it so that should probably be most of that talk so we'll plenty of time to do it Truth be told, I forgot to listen to the show anyway and and write down what the predictions were. And, and really, that was my job because it's my idea. Um, other it's ratings? Right. Yeah. Are there other, do you have any news and notes that, that I didn't raise that you're aware of? Nope. I've got everything off my bingo sheet. Cool. All right. Other ratings. We talked about a bunch of them. Impact last Thursday went down by 13,000 down to 108,000. New Japan Pro Wrestling, third week in a row, not reported. So that means it's not in the top 150, which means it's probably under 40,000. It's definitely under 50,000. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Miz in their second week did 587,000, up 68,000. So shows don't usually go up in week two, but this one did. NXT, the second of two tape shows, not a particularly exciting card, 637,000, up 25,000 from the prior week. So I don't know what to say. Well, like I'm saying, maybe a bunch of these AEW fans who are tuning out of AEW are tuning into other things. But those things don't include MLW. 68,000 this week, two weeks ago, 83,000, which was their Rise of the Renegades, which is a sort of a pay-per-view event. And three weeks ago, 85,000. NWA, uh, there's a new show this week, but uh, last week's 171,000. Does that sound high? For NWA, very high. Why? Because Bully Ray was on the card. Um, He's a draw. So Bully Ray, a YouTube draw. Um, the week before, though, 
56,000 and two weeks ago. So we're talking about the aggregate of two and a half weeks since this show aired, 22,000. That's what they're up to. Um, Elevation, AW Dark Elevation, this week 248, last week up to 233, and from two weeks ago up to 254, so not so great. Dark, 165, two weeks ago 260, and from three weeks ago through present up to 265. So again, those numbers continue to trend down. New Japan Strong, it looks like their surge sort of stopped, though they're doing better than they were several weeks ago. This week, 16,000. The show last week, which started out strong, was at 21,000. Uh, and But the show from two weeks ago, 15,000. Um, that's all the ratings that I's got. So there you have it. Those of you who are going to get Forbidden Door, I hope you enjoy it. If anyone has any reports on Slamiversary or AAA Mania, please share it with us. Um Actually, don't. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Indeed. And guys, uh, like I said earlier, you know, if you got any notes or any questions or just a co- brief comment, it could be a sentence. It could be a couple of don't make sense and they're jumbled together. Uh, send us a line. Uh, you'll find us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover, all together, no spaces, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. That's Icarus Fell MD. Icarus, like the angel, right? Not an angel, but from Greek mythology. I always get that wrong. I always um, conflate it just, with just the, the guy who didn't listen to the advice of his father and flew too close to the sun. Right. I but in the Nintendo game called Kid Icarus, and he had wings. That's why I always think it's an angel. Well, that's the whole thing. They put together wings with wax, but the sun melted the wax. It sounds like a bogus story. It should, they needed a stronger booker for this story. I don't know. It's lasted about 4,000 years. But not 4,001. So you can find Jeff at Icarus Fell MD, and you can find me at Big Daddy Cool. Um and uh, yeah, Jeff, anywhere else that these guys can find you? I, w- I do want to make one show announcement. I will most likely miss next week's because I will be out. So either Jeff can take a break for a week or Jeff can find a new host. Um, I leave that up. Or do another solo show. Unlimited power to part two. Um, but yeah, so Jeff, where else can the people that are listening to this fine broadcast find you? It's almost like, where can't you find me? But okay. So, so my non-wrestling podcast is Garden of Doom, arcane, esoteric, historical, philosophical, theosophical, um, and Garden Views is the cousin show to that often topical interviews, uh, often policy-based. The most recent episode featured a law professor from Georgetown Law talking to me about international business aspects and extrapolating that into the laws of space and existing policies on space. He, I didn't know this before I booked him, but he's actually one of uh, 25, he, or, or one of a group from 25 countries is actually trying to write a template manual for countries to agree upon how they behave in space going forward. So pretty cool. And he was willing to play the, the bond villain um, game with me, um, you know, and then go full bore into that. Um, so that's garden views. 
I did a show on Wrestling Soup this week. Um, oh. Uh, with Mish. I, I think he called it uh, a legalition weighs in. Uh, I'm not sure if it's it's under it's under the Wrestling Soup banner. Obviously, we're part of the Wrestling Soup Network. Uh, and it was released yesterday to the general public around 6 o'clock. And it's all about the legal issues surrounding uh, mostly um, – uh, Sasha unionization guilds, um, Vince, and, and all the stuff that we've talked about here, um, Jeff Hardy, and a little bit on uh, Tammy. So it's only 50 minutes long, and, and it's getting a lot of good feedback. Uh, one of the guys from Cultaholic said it was really good and then started following me. So it's, wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's well received. Um, Did you I'm put on us over on, on show? Of course. Actually, missed it also. He, yeah, so uh, yeah. Uh, um, also on a bunch of shows between the PWC and the Hami Media Group and Channel Attitude. Um, I, I just did the Monday Night Machismo earlier today, which is a raw review. I, I believe it was on Carnage where we reviewed Rampage. I think it was on Smack Talk also where we reviewed. SmackDown. I also did a show called PWC Extra, where we we're supposed to talk about wrestling, but that show went completely off the rails. So, if you want to hear some a show where it just goes completely off the rails, some growing up Jeff Lippman and some stories and some just wackadoodle stuff and then some insight, you may want to check it out. But there's there's a little bit of wrestling mixed in there, but but uh, it, it it was not a podcast I foresaw doing or plan on doing again anytime soon. So. Yeah, the question is, is not is, where to find me, that, where where to avoid me. <laughs> is that because the show went off the rails that you don't want to do it again? Yeah, I, I I prefer staying on the rails. I like to keep my stuff tight, straight, and narrow. I don't. I, I said too much at one time. I don't mind giving a little bit every now and then, so that people get to know me over, you know, five to ten decades. But. Um, <laughs> A little, a little bit too many uh, revelations here, and and frankly, some things that if, if there was a bigger listenership with more influential people, uh, I could be in danger. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think Jeff, we've said it all. I thank you guys for listening. If you're new to the show, this this is the Hammerlock Hangover, where we talk about wrestling. If you tuned in for recipes on grandma's uh cookies i'm sorry to disappoint you you've listened to the wrong podcast for two and a half hours that's true but i do have an upcoming garden views with the cheesecake lady of cedar rapids and she's going to talk about her small business and cheesecake so in a, in a few weeks you might be close enough oh my god wow look at you you're just booking all sorts of people I wanted something human interest, a little more whimsical, a little bit less serious. Does she send you free cheesecake uh, to sample? Funny enough, she's not allowed to ship. That's not in her license. But uh, I have uh, somebody in southern, around Montgomery County, which is near D.C., that I gave free legal advice to. Well, it's not free because I intend to get pies. And uh, she actually rents a commercial kitchen and all that stuff. So uh, I've got some free pies coming my way. And since the pie I'm going to select is key lime pie, that's basically cheesecake. Wow. I, I would be not doing my duty on this wrestling podcast to ask you about everybody's favorite type of pie. Does she serve up poontang pie? No, this is in Iowa. This is this is a salt of the earth person. I know she absolutely does not serve up poontang pie. 
And if she did, she wouldn't tell me it'd be none of my business. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I don't want to get you in any hot water with this show is Iowa. This is this is good. This is Heartland of America show. All right. I don't want to see you're frozen. You deserve it. This is this is the karma you get for being bad. Yep, you're frozen. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Hammerlock Hangover. Steve is mercifully frozen. Tell your friends. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Keep that feedback coming in. Catch you next week. Stay evil, my friends.